Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Round and Tail podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Jose. And I'm Elvis. Welcome back to the show, Elvis. You haven't been on lately. How's, how, how's it going? I'm uh, fine. Just some vacations. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice to be on vacation. Anyway, this episode <laughs> of the Round and Tail podcast is called Go Forth, My Pikmin. And uh, it's a milestone episode for us. It's our 50th episode. We've made it to uh, Silver Medal. What, what, what would it be? Silver Anniversary? Is that what 50 years is? I think. I think it's silver. Whatever, we hit 50, go us. And um, this episode we're going to be talking a lot about Pikmin 3, hence the title. Uh, but there's actually a, all sorts of stuff to talk about. So much stuff that we're going to kind of break our usual format a bit. So we'll have full impressions of Pikmin 3, as along with uh, Earthbound for Wii Virtual Console at the tail end of the show, as we always do in a What We're Playing segment. But before we get to that, instead of straight up news to start the show, we're going to do a little mix of news and some extra impressions. So... We're going to start with some recent Nintendo Directs, breaking down uh, all the news and sharing our impressions of both the new Animal Crossing Plaza, which came out of nowhere, and the new Wonderful 101 demo on the eShop, which also came out of nowhere. We're, um, we're then going to move on to talk a little bit about some kind of surprising Pokemon X and Y gameplay additions and changes, a brand new Monster Hunter coming to Wii U, well, sort of new, and then a full examination of Nintendo's latest uh, first quarter financial reports and what it all means for us as fans. So, you can figure out what stuff you want to listen to on our uh, blog post, roundtown.com. We have timestamps for everything, or you can just listen through, which is obviously the best way to do it. And stay tuned till the very end, because those Pikmin 3 shirts that we uh, were giving away last episode, we have our winner announcement. So if you want to know if you won the Con-Con exclusive shirt, definitely stay stick around till the end. So with that said, now that I've rambled about what we're going to ramble about... Let's start <laughs> rambling. So, um, what's up with Nintendo? Nintendo Direct's probably the biggest, like I said, it's kind of the main thing we're talking about. It dominated the Nintendo news these past few weeks. So, you know, going into the fall Nintendo's once again, telling us what's new. And they, a lot of this Direct, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but a lot of it felt kind of like a rehash. Do you guys get that vibe? Like, we heard, we saw Pokemon Rumble U, which they announced a week earlier. They talked about Mario and Luigi Dream Team, which is out today. And... Yeah, I don't think I needed to hear anything more about Mario Luigi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, like, they talked about for the fifth time or something, the Street Pass relay stations are now up and running, and there's a firmware update out for that. Like, just everything's kind of like, okay, we get it. But there was new news hidden in there. <laughs> well, I mean, in their eyes, are they assuming a lot of people that don't actually know about video games to keep up with it are also watching these? It's probably, I think it's a mix of that and just they want to remind us of all these things because they're now happening instead of, like, it's going to happen, it's now yeah. happening. But as far as so. we know, this direct could be someone's first Nintendo game. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I understand why they're doing it. I'm just saying for us, it was a lot of rehash. But there was definitely new news. The biggest surprise of which... Was the confirmation of Ace Attorney and Layden getting U.S. Yeah, actually, that was kind of surprising, because it's been so long since they are going to do that. But I know. We'll, we'll talk about it later. I thought it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I was long. sure it wasn't going to happen. But we'll get we'll touch on that a little later uh, in, like, a little 3DS Yes, yeah, part. The biggest news for later. Yeah. Yes, yes. But the, the most surprising news, in terms of, like, came out of nowhere... Is uh, the Animal Crossing? I'd argue is the Animal Crossing Plaza for Wii U. So this thing, it's, it's a direct tie-in to the um, brand new Animal Crossing series Miiverse community, and it's kind of a portal of sorts. So the community is going to be a place, obviously, where you can post about Animal Crossing, draw about Animal Crossing. So what they did is because New Leaf, which is obviously the Animal Crossing everyone's talking about now, since that has photo taking abilities and can post them to social media, they're allowing you to import photos into Miiverse. And to do that, because Miiverse doesn't have a photo function, they built this entire app called Animal Crossing Plaza, essentially as the as the passageway to get your photos from your 3DS 
onto the Miiverse community for Animal Crossing. In a nutshell, that's its purpose, right? So, the plaza... Honestly, it's kind of pointless, but at the same time, it's kind of cool. So, the plaza itself is modeled after uh, the Warwar Plaza on Wii U, which makes sense because the people that built Warwar Plaza, which is the thing you see when you first boot up the system, are the same people who make the Animal Crossing games. It was the same head creators. Uh, so, this how it works is you turn on the game... All, all, not all, but like a random assortment of Animal Crossing people, characters, run in and start chatting amongst themselves. They have speech bubbles just like in War War Plaza, but instead it's their catchphrases from the game and occasionally posts that other people post on Miiverse about each individual character will appear in those speech bubbles. That's one of the kind of interesting things, is that with the plaza... Um, Pretty much every single character has their own little... Has their own tag. Yeah. Yeah, and you could post about any single character, specifically. So, you could post your... And you could pick a favorite character. So, now, so how it works is if you press a character, a little profile pops up, tells you their birthday, tells you... Uh, what else does it tell? Gives all, you some of their catchphrases. All their names in different languages. Yeah, it gives you all their names. And then you can post about them. You can mark them as a favorite. If you, you can only have one character as a favorite. But that's only the beginning of like the profile customization, what, what there is. What you can do beyond that is with your own me... You can press your me, it pops up, you can add your birthday, your location, you can set the you know, public or private. You can put your dream suite address, which is actually really cool. You can put your town name, your Animal Crossing character name, all that. And then when people view your comments within the Animal Crossing Plaza, your profile is totally accessible to them. If they view them on Miiverse, they can't see it. But if they view it within the inline viewer in Animal Crossing Plaza, it's it's almost like a closer connection than... Uh, you know, than what Miiverse already offers between players. Especially because you have Dream Suite addresses for anyone who has that. Which, somehow, I still don't have one. <laughs> Probably because I haven't played Animal Crossing in a month, which is horrible. Not yet. Oh my god. I know. Yeah. I remember it took a while but here's to unlock. Yeah, it takes a while to unlock. But Not you, that long, though. Like, within a week, I had it. I well, see, I didn't... You have to buy it, right? Mm. How do you unlock it? You do have to pay for it. Yeah, I see. I didn't even have the option because I didn't upgrade anything in my town until the last day. I played. Oh, I, at one point, Isabel, I think you have to talk to her like really late, and then she's sleeping in her office. Oh, and then when you, you have wake to talk her to her up. while she's sleeping, and then she says like, "Oh, a, a dream seat would be a good idea." Oh, that's all it takes. Well, I'll do that then. But yeah, once I have that, I know we got a listener request actually to post our to share our dream suite addresses. So, uh, once I have that, I can share mine. I don't know how you, well, you, what you want to do about yours, Jose. I guess you can wait till My town's not ready. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But we will share those going forward. We remembered the request. But anyway, back to uh, Animal Crossing Plaza. So, I don't like that you can't shuffle the animals. What do you mean shuffle? Like, the animals just come in randomly. Yeah. And I remember them saying, like, okay, you can look for your favorite animal and whatnot. But my right. favorite animals haven't appeared, like, the three times that I've booted it. Yeah, and I thought there was going to be a way, like, oh, maybe I could press a button, and then I'll like refresh it, and then a new I think you probably. Well, I bet if you close the app and reopen, the I know. App, well, yeah, but I don't that's a hassle. That. I know, right? Yeah, so I can't. What's well, a way or comment about Rocco or what's face Hippo? Oh, your favorite. They don't even remember the name. <laughs> Hippo and Rocco. Yeah, but the, the thing with that is, it's clearly Nintendo's trying to get you to check it every day, like you would Animal Crossing. They list. Like, the, the characters will talk about upcoming events in your Animal Crossing town within the plaza. It will. There'll be developer postings that, like, appear on, like, a message board in the plaza. K.K. Slyer randomly shows up and plays music. Like, it... Or on schedule, I'm not sure which. <laughs> but, uh, it... You know, they're trying to make it almost like a Animal Crossing without the game elements. But, once again, the main purpose of it is to get those photos off your game and into Miiverse. Which, which and, Yeah, unfortunately, that's the problem, is the photo thing, which feels like it's main... Like, the soul of it, is kind of cumbersome. Like, what you have to do is you take out your SD card, you put it in the Wii U, you go into Animal Crossing Plaza, 
you this is total first world problem situation here <laughs> you you know you then have one of 12 different photo albums you can potentially put your photos into you can name the albums and organize them however you want which is kind of a nice customability thing but then from there once they're in there these uh you then can share them on Meverse through Animal Crossing Plaza. And interestingly, this also works for QR codes. So you can share uh, patterns with friends, or you can just scan a QR code right off the TV screen with your 3DS to get new patterns. That's actually really handy. That's kind of cool. But it seems like... I feel like if they did a proper 3DS Wii U wireless connection, it'd probably require a lot more... Uh, tech, like, a lot more work on their end. Because they'd have to have hard-coded that into the game. I guess the so. fact that it came out of nowhere... Yeah, I wonder how long they're building this. Like, I mean, the, the weird the thing is, it just feels kind of like it's nice they did a good job, but it does feel a little slapped together. Like, it kind of came out of nowhere. It's just like, hey, you can share your photos, but you have to like go grab an SD card and move things around, and then go share them, and then you go back. And anytime you add a photo on your game, you have to then go re-add it to the Wii U. Like, it's not <laughs> seamless. I like the Metro Prime Channel. I don't remember how Metro that Prime was Channel there. on the Wii though. That was a promotional thing, so that's literally just videos and stuff that they like push to you. Like, that was a little different. I mean, yeah, it was slapped together, but that, its purpose was... Like, it's like, here's how we're going to present videos to you, and it did. This is like, we want you to use your photos, but you have to jump through some hoops to do it. They're not crazy big hoops. They're just hoops nonetheless. But, so I think I think there's one of two reasons, maybe, that Nintendo even made this thing in the first place. One is, and this is uh, hopefully not the case, maybe Miiverse for 3DS got delayed. That's supposed to be out this fall. Presumably, you'd be able to share from your SD card, the photos on your SD card, to Miiverse directly. So, you know, if Nintendo just waited... You know, if it was coming out this fall and Nintendo was like, oh, we'll just wait a month or two, problem solved. So I guess it maybe got delayed? I mean, what, what else? Like, why else would they go through the effort of building this? Unless... Just for more Wii U stuff, I guess. Yeah, reason number two is cross-promotion. Because I actually noticed an interesting little uh, pattern that Nintendo's doing with the Wii U, which I didn't really pick up on until the Animal Crossing thing, and I was thinking about it. And that's that... Uh, Nintendo's basically recreating the 3DS's successes on the Wii U. So anyone that has a 3DS and is like, I like this game, I like that game, I like the next game, will go, oh, hey, they have sequels on the Wii U? I'm going to go buy that game and then that game. I mean, look at this. Like, let's take, okay, you like Mario 3D Land on your 3DS, right? Well, hey, well, you know, multiplayer sequel on Wii U only called Mario 3D World. There's number one. Uh, you like you like a link, to, a link Between Worlds, a new Zelda on your 3DS? That's cool. We have an HD Zelda called Wind Waker on the Wii U. You should check that out, too. Or better yet, hey, you played some uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D on your 3DS, I see. Did you know we had the sequel, Tropical Freeze, on Wii U coming out in a few months? You should go buy a Wii U. Like, it, this just adds to that. It's like a four, and then you have Mario Kart 7, and then Mario Kart 8, you know, another pair. Mario, Mario, Mario Kart was always a given. No, but just, like, the fact that they're lining them up, like, mm. rapid fire in the same order, you know, in the same, like, core set that they did with the 3DS, like, every single one is a perfect sequel to the previous. Like, I wonder if the existence of Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D at some level is like, well, if we get people that have a 3DS interested, maybe they'll go buy a Wii U and check out the sequel. Yeah, more get, more yeah. people play it, more people will wear it. So yeah, the, it's actually kind of a brilliant strategy. Yeah. And then with this one... Oh, you are going to say something? Oh, this? I guess it could also line up with the Yoshi Island 3DS mm-hmm. and Yarn Yoshi. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's no doubt that they're consciously doing this. And I mean, even with this one, so Animal Crossing Plaza, yeah, it's not a full-fledged game, but you're like, oh, hey, you like Animal Crossing on New Leaf? Well, if you buy a Wii U for these <laughs> other great uh, 3DS game sequels you love, we have a little bonus for you because, you're, you know, you're an Animal Crossing What game. does it mean an Animal Crossing for Wii U soon? 
Well, I'm, that's what I'm wondering because they're. I mean, the so thing, if it comes out soon, I definitely would not. It would be Animal Crossing City Folk all over again. No, I don't think it's gonna be that I soon. Mean, the, Animal Crossing though. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be that soon because the Animal Crossing Plaza is open till the end of 2014. They're promising because that's when they're gonna release the next. Exactly, one. that's my guess. But I mean, oh my God, that's too soon. I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah, it is kind of soon, but I'm pretty sure whatever they're working on for Animal Crossing Wii U, they're already like the stuff in the Plaza kind of. I feel like pulls from that a little. I mean, the character models, they're upgraded from the from New Leaf, clearly, but the lighting on them looks super good. Like, there's definitely some texture given to them. Like, uh, Isabel, I don't know if you know, she has a very slight, like, fur effect on her face. Like, it looks textured. It almost looks like a carpet was put on her face or, like, a blanket <laughs> or something. Like, it has, like, a texture to it that isn't in the 3DS one. Like, they're definitely higher-res characters, and they have really good lighting. So I wonder... You know, I wonder if that means, um, yeah, or if they're literally taking the early assets from Animal Crossing Wii and like, well, let's just push them into this plaza thing for a time being, and then we'll keep improving them in the background, you know, on our end. But, I don't know. I mean, it does, it, the plaza, I think, is, it is kind of pointless, but it is kind of cool. Like, they even added little, like, you know, small Nintendo-esque touches. Like, instead of a yeah button, it's Tom Nook's head and it says, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, like, things like that. Like, just little things like that, you know, it, it just makes the experience better, but, um... Yeah, I don't know what the end goal of this is, but in the meantime, it's a cool free download. It lasts for the next year and a half. And if nothing else, you're getting to see some Animal Crossing characters in HD. Yeah. So, so I mean, I'm happy with it. it I, considering I wasn't expecting it to come out, or I, I didn't know this thing was a thing. I never mind free things. Yeah, free things are always nice, even if you don't check it that often. Plus, I mean, Animal Crossing screenshots have been hugely popular on Twitter. Like, I've seen a lot of them. Granted, I follow gamers, but... I definitely tweeted more about Animal Crossing than any game. Yeah. So I mean, it has a really convenient feature. Yeah. So now they're just, so now they're just trying to harness that, but they forgot the convenient. Not before even knew how to use that feature. Yeah. I remember it wouldn't cooperate with me until Nintendo sent me the link. Really? That's weird. Yeah. Like I remember I went to it, but there was nothing for me to click on. Right. So Very I don't strange. know what was up with that. Very strange. Well, at least it's working now, right? Yeah, and I haven't used it. Yeah. Well, at least it's working <laughs> if working, you want yeah. to use it. But yeah, so that was probably the biggest Wii U story in the Nintendo Direct. But as you allude to already, Jose, 3DS got quite a few things. Most notably, Layton, 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 Layton. So Nintendo confirmed that uh, first, Professor Layton and the Azrin Legacy, uh, the conclusion of the current trilogy, as they I think are wording it, will be out in 2014. No surprise there. Nintendo's been publishing every single Layton pretty regularly, and that's kind of 3DS. And they showed a brief trailer, which had some nice anime cutscenes. It had, like, a weird... There's, like, an action puzzle thing. They're, like, shooting these balloons oh, with numbers, but it was, like... Area. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. It looked more, like, gamey than most of Layton. Well, I know um, some of the puzzles in Mask, Mir- Mask of Miracles had more controlling aspects instead of, like, right. just figure it out and type in the number or write something. Right. So I guess they're just going down that path some more. Yeah. 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 At least for this. Yeah, at least we're gonna well, probably nowhere. It's supposedly the last game starring Layton himself. Well, that's fine. I mean, yeah, it might just be Luke or who, or who, who knows? It could be the Layton brothers that uh, iOS game spinoff with Layton's son. Yeah, but uh, sons plural Layton brothers. Apparently, it's only him. Then why is it bros? I have no idea. Weird. Anyway, the other game. So far, they have not mentioned another brother. It's only been that brother. That's super weird. Uh, but anyway, the other game they announced. Uh, this is one you always already said. Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright. Ace Attorney, 100% confirmed for North America. It's coming in 2014. We know nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> it's being published by uh, Level 5. This is actually, I think, outside of Layton Brothers and the eShop releases. I think this is their first self-published game. They obviously publish, you know, Aeroporter and Attack yeah. of the Fry Monster stuff, but I don't think they've published... Phys- oh, no, 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 I take that back. They did that PS3 game, No Need 
Nino Kuni. Nino Kuni. There we go. That one. Oh, yeah. you're right. But this is yeah, this is their first physical Nintendo release that they're publishing themselves. And so many like little qualifiers for that sentence. <laughs> their first physical in a box on a store shelf, 3DS release. But yeah, so that's coming in 2014. Um, I know. Yeah, I may, I mean, I know you're Jose, and probably you two of us <laughs> are probably super excited because you guys are fans of both series. Yeah, yeah, of course. I know. I think Phoenix before no because of this game, I started playing late in games. Right. Like, two years ago. Yeah, when they first <laughs> announced it, like in Japan. Yeah. And then I think um, I'm almost done with the second late in game, but still like really doing. <laughs> Well, two out of six, that's not so bad. I know, I'll catch up on That's why I'm glad it's coming next year. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and really, between these two, it's just like, the, the 3DS keeps trucking along here. Like, this year's had a crazy blowout of, of games, and now next year we already have two latent games, and Yoshi's New Island, and, like, they're really keeping a steady clip. And Bravery Default, they're keeping a, or Bravely Default, I don't remember which one it's called. Bravely. Yeah, but they're keeping a very steady release schedule, and it's impressive. Um, one game on that release schedule that's out this year, though, and one that's been previously announced and confirmed for North America is uh, The Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds. And the Nintendo Direct, it's probably the game they went the most in-depth about, I feel like. But they explained they, the second Yeah, they course. explained a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was a little unnecessary. If you look on the logo of, the Lo- of Zelda A Link Between Worlds, there's a gold Triforce and a shadowy <laughs> Triforce. And it says Worlds in the name. So you can make the association that there's two worlds and Triforce represents each. But let's have Iwata... Explain it to you anyway. They're just like, thanks, dude. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, I'm on a, I'm me and a, we are our dudes. Yeah, it's like, thanks, dude. And he's like, yeah, in the prom, bro. Yeah. But anyway, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so A Link Between Worlds, we actually got some good information of sorts, a bit about the two worlds, sort of. One's a lush, green, normal-looking Hyrule. That's where Link lives. And then there's a brown-hued, mysterious other world. Which, oddly, they're not calling the Dark World, which is what it was in Link to the Past. They're calling it the Other World. Like, they're not giving the name of it. That was kind of weird how they kept calling it, oh, the world where Link lives. Not necessarily yeah, they didn't say Hyrule. the good world. Yeah, and they didn't say it was Hyrule either. It's <laughs> just the one where he lives. Yeah, Link lives here, yeah. and then there's the Other World. Like, yeah. are they setting up some sort of weird switch Maybe the Other World was the good world in the I wonder if they the flipped them. Oh, that'd be crazy. And that was the Dark World, and it's, like, all corrupt, but it's, like, no one knows about it. That, would be, that makes sense, because the other thing that he was saying, that's actually really smart. Uh, the other thing he was saying was that A Link to the Past takes place a hun- or hundreds of years before the new A Link Between Worlds. A Link Between Worlds is yeah, centuries later. For someone to That's create a, certainly a enough front. time for the worlds to switch good and evil. Dude, that that is... You are on <laughs> I know, Maybe the village you talk to will be like... Will look like they're all scared and like oppressed by some tyrant, but they all act happy and stuff. <laughs> that, that would be... Actually, if they did that, that would be super cool. Like, I'd, that'd be a nice like, like uh, wrinkle in the story. I'd be okay with that. Turns out it's nothing. Yeah, probably. It's probably just they don't want to say Dark World for some, you know, add mystery to it. The music is back. I noticed yeah. that was the exact Dark World theme. Yeah, they brought back a lot of the same. And some of the layout, like, they showed, right as I, uh, right as I was saying, the level, the world may look the same, but it's a totally different layout or whatever. They showed him walking into the castle from yeah, the beginning exactly. of the game, and I'm like, yeah. well, I mean, that's the same. That's not even changed. <laughs> I, remember, I, I don't know if you said it then or if I read it, but I remember they said that the overworld is going to be mostly the same for yeah. everything thing inside it's yeah all different. the dungeons and puzzles are different yeah so mm-hmm. but uh the other major change well sort well also real quick note to travel between these two worlds what you do now is you go into painted link mode or hyrule all the cracks yeah, yeah and you go through these cracks in the wall and then you fall into what looks like someone's bin of tie-dye or something <laughs> <laughs> and then or actually no it really looks like the dream worlds of uh mario and luigi dream team 
Uh, has the same kind of yeah the other world is the mushroom kingdom (laughs) mystery solved but yeah so the link between the two worlds oh the link yeah there you go uh the warp pipes are actually just taking you between hyrule and the dark world paper mario oh man everything's (laughs) coming together like the next smash bros won't even be a fine game it's just gonna be an adventure game starring mario and link but um what was i gonna say yeah so that's how you go through them and now link has a bracelet on his arm when painted and i'm not sure what that's about but that wasn't there before in fact link himself looks totally different now they completely redesigned link and it's funny because they're showing all his footage oh, and they were like the link from the art in a link to the past like now or no i think the older art looked like him the current art reminds me a lot more of the oracle games like he used to look a lot like um i actually have it here everyone gets to listen to me show jose oh no you're right you're right you're right that's the a, old that's art the link, that's yeah. the link i was thinking about the yeah. old art looked perfectly matched to a link to the past the new art looks like oracle link oh, yeah. fell into a link to the past like filter yeah, or something that looks skinnier than, yeah and he looks yeah. younger he's much younger and looking that big now. Hair yeah he has the big stuff. poof of yeah. hair but i curious it's weird because like they're showing all this footage and they're talking about all this stuff and they didn't want to go by the way anyone knows link looks different instead <laughs> they spent five minutes telling us how the logo has a shadow in it which is like, okay. But, um, and how the environment's different, even though showing yeah, the same environment. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. But I kind of like, like I said, I mean, I like I like the new look. I just wish it's weird that they youngered him. Like, they made him young, they de aged him. I would have been, I think I like, I think I like the older. Name, yeah, they, they said yeah. it's different. Age. Well, no, I mean, compared to and the no E3 drawing. And no matter how oh. old or young they are, they all still do the exact no, same. No, I know. I just meant compared to the E3 co- uh, design for him from a few months ago. I mean, when we were at Comic Con last month, it was. He looked how he did at E3. Like, all the signage and stuff at Comic-Con, it had that link. Then, they, changed, they like, dropped him, like, five or six years in age and made him Oracle-esque. But one thing that... I think th- it was mainly the eyes. Yeah, it's the, it's the eyes, the hair. It's his whole face. His huge. face is, like, rounder now. It's Yeah, it might be the eyes, mostly. But he looks younger. Um, one other thing I noticed in the footage, I don't know if you guys caught this, but when Link goes into... Uh, painted mode. There's like this little green box that appears around him. Kind of, I guess giving you a little like perspective of his size on the rock or something. That was not there when I played it last <laughs> month at Comic Con, and it really jumped out because this is like neon green. Like the corners light up. Basically, like look, he's on the wall. See, here's the corners of his painting. That was not there before. Or maybe it has something to do with the green bracelet because it's the same shade of green. No, maybe the bracelet is what lets him transform. Oh, that makes sense, actually. <laughs> like, if he can... But he supposedly can transform the whole game, so why would they need to put a bracelet? They can just... Well, well I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just an item that... Just, like, just so oh, not yeah. everyone in that universe could go... Oh, yeah. Story progression. Graphics. Yeah, and also, not... Fair enough. And also not to uh, burst... Where's your dad? Oh, he's probably behind uh, the fridge. <laughs> oh, he... <laughs> <laughs> he flattened himself behind the fridge and needs some quiet time. But uh, not to ruin Nintendo's little hype building here, but... Iwata during Nintendo Direct made a comment about, oh, the item shop is different. Look at all these items. Yeah, it's different because, as we explained in our last episode, items don't have capacity. It's a, it's a meter now. You can use an item as much as you want till the meter runs out. They have to wait for it to recharge. There's no, uh, you have X number of arrows, you have Y number mm. of bombs. It's just a meter. At least that's how it was. I thought that was just a magic. But hmm? Nope, right. not this time. Yeah, it's, 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 his, it, it's his hieroglyphic ability and all his items. Like, when you're shooting bows and arrows, it'll lower the meter. Oh, it's everything. Okay. It's everything. Oh, makes sense. It's an all-in-one meter. So it makes gameplay... As I was saying last episode, since you weren't here for that, it makes gameplay a lot faster. A lot more, like... Yeah. Everything just moves at a quicker pace. But yeah, that... Uh, so, I don't know. There's still a couple months till Link Between Worlds comes out in November. I'm sure Nintendo will explain a lot more. But I'm kind of liking your theory, Jose, about uh, the world's flipped. It's too good to be true. It's, it is too good to be true. I, I think you're right. 
Um, Nintendo also totally switching gears here. Nintendo also in this direct talked about a. Uh, actually, it's not really switching gears. Here comes a transition. <laughs> I'm proud of this. So from Link being painted on a wall to painting your own drawings with Art Academy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you for that lack of applause. Yeah, so Art Academy. Uh, Nintendo, as promised, released their Sketchpad app, three ninety nine. It gives you access to a whole bunch of drawing tools, and people are making some really awesome stuff on Miiverse. So if you guys browse the I, art... I browsed, and I was mostly disappointed. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, was, I guess I've only seen the really good ones. I, I was, were you looking you... at all or popular? Uh, I guess whatever pops out. Oh, go to pop the popular tab next time we, you're there. We browsed, like, the night it was supposed to come up. So we were looking at a bunch of Japanese drawings. They look good, right? No. Some were what, cool. I, but what like, was I, lo- I? I literally went to Popular. This was the afternoon or the evening it came out. I went to Popular and there was like this awesome Mario and Luigi Dream Team art. There's this awesome picture by Wada. Like there's all sorts of really, really good art. I, guess I don't know how I how I just saw something different. Didn't see but, those. <laughs> yeah, no, they were really good. But point being, if you're a good artist, you should check this out. If you're a bad artist, I guess don't check it out. <laughs> but check it's, out the um, drawings people yeah, make. I don't know. If you're just yeah. like drawing. Yeah, I, mean, I don't yeah. know if it's worth four bucks. Well, yeah, here's what's odd about it. So it's the tool set and some very basic menu options, basically, from the upcoming full-fledged Arakami for Wii U. But what they did is because Miiverse people like to draw so much, they released the tools as a standalone drawing app. And that's it. That's and they're like, charging $4 for it. That's why I didn't get it, because I don't really want to buy part of a game. In yeah. And the, the chance I would want to get the full game, then what happens Unless to they part? credit you back, but that will require you by the sure digital download. You, I'm sure they'll give you some the, sort of discount. And yeah. then you will just delete the other But then one. what happens if you want to buy a physical box? Let's say it's retail like Arkami on a 3DS was. Then you're... Then you're stuck. Then you're stuck weird. getting the digital one. Yeah, right? it's, it's a weird situation. That's why, I mean, also, I mean, I have colors 3D. I have something and everything. Yeah, because you have everything. You have Flipnote, colors, all of it. Speaking of which, Flipnote uh, Studio 3D got delayed. So we that's why we don't have impressions of it. Can't really so have switching a disc... I'm a player article. Yeah, I mean, either it's totally a download. It's like a. It, I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes download exclusive, like only on the eShop sort of deal. But either way, yeah, I'm surprised they charged for this. The way they presented it originally when they announced it if right they after want E3. Money, some people are drawing. We can make money off. Of yeah, it. it's, yeah, but it's just like yeah, the way they the Wii U's aren't pretty much. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're still losing money on every Wii U sold. But um, <laughs> stop selling it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, I did not expect them to charge for this at all. Like, after E3, they're like, yeah, we're going to release this cool tool you can use. Never once did they go, it's a premium thing. Like, I guess they still knew people will still buy it. And it, they are. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a couple of people, a couple of our listeners on Twitter have literally been like, I can't draw, but I'm downloading this anyway. <laughs> you know who you are, listeners. You know who you are. But, uh, yeah, it's just kind of like, as I was thinking, it's funny because I saw them, like, I should do that too. And I'm like, wait, I literally can't even draw stick figures, right? Like, <laughs> what's the point? But, just to have it. Yeah, I guess. I don't mind the way for the real ones so they can give you the art lessons. Yeah, yeah. But there are, there, it seems like with Sketchpad at least, um, they do have some, like, try and draw the picture. Like, you can have an image of a flower and then try and draw it yourself. But they don't teach you how to do it. They yeah. just put them side yeah, by side. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about waiting for the full version just because before they were always on the DS. Yeah. And now that you get the gamepad, maybe the bigger screen. To draw on totally. That thin, yeah. On tiny screen. I think you're totally right. But, um, yeah, that they haven't even. Announced a release date for the Arcami on Wii U. I'm guessing it's in 2014. All I was said was surprise, surprise. Please he, stay tuned. No patient. No, no, because it's not delayed. When is Flipnote gonna come out? What for the 3ds? When is what? Flipnote Studios. It was supposed to be out uh, right now. It's supposed to be out by now. Mm. Last episode, we even teased in the, that this episode we'd have impressions should it come out. Nintendo delayed it three days before it was set to hit Europe, and then it just mm. it's 
its release date here in the states went from uh, early August to to be determined. Oh really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a ways off, which I don't understand because like they were practically it was like literally three days out. They were basically ready to release it. So I don't know what happened. Maybe they found a bug. A game destroying. Bug. Yeah, it had to be pretty big. Yeah, it'd have to be like you open the you open Flipnote and it just crashes, Memories or it like just takes all your money when you try and pay for the membership <laughs> features or something. But because, um, um, Inchworm will have to do for now. Inchworm's pretty good though, right? You like Inchworm, don't you? It is. It's just kind of weird with the exporting videos. It's the whole process. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Flipnote obviously will, since it has that Nintendo Touch, it'll be much yeah. simpler. But while we don't have Flipnote. We are getting some new 3DS eShop stuff, though, at least in terms of Virtual Console. Um, during the same Nintendo Direct as all this other news, they confirmed that Donkey Kong for NES is coming next week. Then we got Wario Land 3, which I'm actually Wait. pretty excited about. I never played Wario Land 3, somehow. Oh, me neither. On August 29th, we'll be able to finally experience that <laughs> together. We can sit side by side and play in unison. I can see the comparison to <laughs> Wario Land 4. Yeah, I'm, I, it's weird because like, I have Wario Land... <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll just look over from across the room and be like... <sighs> and just go back to what you're doing. But no, um, yeah, I, I have Wario Land. I love Wario Land. I have it like an actual Game Boy cart. Wario Land 2 I never bought. Wario Land 3 I never bought. Wario Land 4 I never bought. Like the box. Oh, Wario Land 4. Oh, the box, yeah. Because <laughs> I know you have Wario Land 1 and 2. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's just weird that like I don't know why I stopped playing Wario Land, but I'm kind of excited about Wario Land 3. Maybe, maybe I'll finally jump back in. Did you ever play 4? You have I have it as an ambassador game. Yeah, I think I started it. Yeah. Not very far. <laughs> it, when they throw 10 games at you at once, 20 games at you at once, smack in the middle of the holidays, it's hard to play them all. You should play it. It's not like an hour-long game. Is it? Yeah. I'll like, play it. It's no fun. more than two. Unless you... Wow, what a rip-off when you bought it back as a physical cartridge back in the day. It has a lot of replay value. Oh, okay. I mean, to beat the game, it's probably like two or three hours. But if you want right. to do everything, I could see it taking longer. Right, right. But yeah, in addition to uh, Wario Land on August 29th, we're also getting Techno Bowl in September on 3DS, <laughs> which I'm sure some people are excited about because it ties into football. That one guy we talked about that was waiting for his Star Wars <laughs> Pinball. Anger. Oh, oh, what was his name? I think it was Kevin. No. No. Ken? No. Ken. Okay. Yes, yeah, our, 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 the, 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 the mythical, non-existent listener who likes all the games that no, he we don't think anyone... The, the yes, 1%. Yes, yes who, who buy all the games that we didn't think people would buy. Although I can see Techno Bowl being popular. It is a good, like, just a good NES game. But, and then sometime <laughs> after... Yeah, tech... Madden, like, 2014 or something. What? Madden 2013 compared to Yeah, but I don't think people are buying it going, I want to play football. I think they're buying it going, I want to play uh, Tecmo yes. Bowl. I remember Tecmo, I don't remember, but I... I remember reading that that was like the bar for football games or it was, it was. Like revolutionary for it something. It was until Madden. Was it for having a license? I don't even know what. It doesn't have a license. It was just good. Oh. It was just a good game. Oh. Simple as that. It had voice clips, which was rare for an NES <laughs> game. It actually went like, touchdown, when you scored, like which is unheard of. <laughs> but after Tecmo Bowl, we're then going to be getting uh, Super Mario Bros. 3 on both the Wii, 3DS uh, Virtual Console and the Wii U's. If you buy it in one, do you get it in the other? No, because that would make too much sense. They should really, take, they should really, <laughs> they should really take a page out of iTunes playbook and Amazon's playbook and PlayStation's playbook and have that multi-download thing. But supposedly, rumor has it that they're making baby steps and a unified wallet for 3ds and Wii U will be coming to the eShop sometime later. Better than nothing. But even then, you still have to buy everything twice, which is super lame. So there is, uh, there are two other games coming to eShop on, I mean, virtual console games coming to eShop, at least on. Well, one's on 3S and one's on Wii U. And they're both kind of of note. One, this was outside the Nintendo Direct, but Capcom confirmed Breath of Fire 2 is coming to the Wii U eShop down the road. And Breath of Fire 2 is like one of the better Super Nintendo RPGs. 
Actually, I remember playing it at a friend's house. So never heard of it. You never heard Breath of, really? You never yeah. heard Breath of Fire? Yeah. And, I, it, and I like to think I've heard the, of most of the good games. It's Capcom. You guys are huge Capcom fans. I'm shocked. Yeah, Breath of Fire was Capcom's big like Final Fantasy competitor of sorts. Like as their big RPG flagship series for a while in the mid '90s, like early mid '90s. It was on Nintendo Super era, Nintendo, uh, Capcom for Street Fighter and Disney games. Fair enough. But it was on uh, Super Nintendo, PS One, I believe. I think they might have had one for PS Two. But it was Breath of Fire Two is really good. So that's coming down the road to Wii U Virtual Console. And also, on the 3DS, Nintendo announced during the Nintendo Direct that they're bringing... I've never heard of this till now, but I'm intrigued because of what it is. Summer Carnival 92 record. <laughs> now... Oh, that's a space shooter thing? Yeah. Now, when I hear that name, I picture, like, one of those track and field style games for NES or something. Because Summer Carnival. <laughs> but in re- Or, like, a Ferris wheel riding game where you just go in a, up in a circle and back down in a circle. But what it actually mm-hmm. is, like you said, is this crazy space shooter. It was only made... For some sort of summer festival in Japan. It's notoriously oh. difficult, and it's notoriously difficult to find. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So the game's literally, like, impossible to find, and it's probably worth Oh, a- and you could keep a frame rate, even though it's an NES game with yes. a crazy amount of stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the point they said in the direct, is even with all these enemies, it's buttery smooth, and it's like, all right. <laughs> so, the guy I was talking about. It. Yeah, Eric from the Nintendo Tree yeah. Eric Peterson, I think is his name. But um, Anyone who has a copy should send it, because the... yeah. Earthbound. All the Earthbound. Yeah, yeah. Earthbound went down in huge... Like, all the... Have you... Did you hear about this? Oh, yeah, all the, no. yeah, all the e- uh, eBay, eBay prices for Earthbound cartridges plummeted after the Wii U release. So, for all, I don't know, a couple hundred people in Japan who have Summer Carnival 92 Rekka, sell it. I don't, I don't even think I anyone f- in Japan I feel like the, Maybe. You never know. Yeah. Maybe. I feel like there shouldn't really affect <laughs> eBay prices. Because, I mean, the way, like... Just, like, from a collector mentality, anyone who wants to play Earthbound can with yeah. a computer... It's just about the physical copy. Well, part of it was Nintendo kind of disowned the game for a while. So having a physical copy from Ninten- of a Nintendo product made by Nintendo at a time when Nintendo was pretending the game didn't really exist. Yeah, it's also everyone's fault for like wanting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it was, <laughs> all, it was a perpetual hype machine that mm-hmm. it kind of got sucked into. But, uh, yeah, I don't think Rekka is going to run into the same... I don't even think his cartridges are worth <laughs> much right now. But it's... It's actually cool that they're doing this. It reminds me a lot of... Remember when they first brought Sam Punishment to WiiWare? Like, they literally just copied over the Japanese ROM of Sin and Punishment, the N64 game, onto US WiiWare and charged it all premium. It was like, oh, it's an import title. And, like, that's what led to the sequel on Wii. Mm-mm. Was the fact that they... Yeah, Sin and Punishment was on WiiWare. It did well enough that they commissioned Treasure, the developers, to then make Star Successor for Wii as a standalone game. That's cool. Like yeah, but it's cool. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but it's cool that it's just cool that Nintendo's like willing to you know dig into their archives and dig up these old games that never came stateside and then bring them stateside. So I'm hoping Summer Carnival is just the start of this, because you know there's all sorts of super niche games that Nintendo could release, but physically, obviously, they wouldn't do a retail. They wouldn't do a physical retail release, but you know, digital. There's no real distribution fee or anything. Why not? It's not that hard. So hopefully, hopefully. They continue doing that with other games. Like, uh, I, I can't even think of it. There's all sorts that they could do, though. Like, 64DD games. Like, the Nintendo 64DD. That rhythm describe, Heaven. Yeah, the, rhythm, the original Game Boy Rhythm Heaven. Game Boy Advance Rhythm Heaven. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that came out... It, it was weird because, like, it came out after the DS came out in, like, the like like the twilight years of the Game Boy Advance, kind of. So, kind of... Like, it did well in Japan, but that's partly, I think, why Nintendo Isn't didn't bring it stateside. 
No, never mind. I was gonna say, isn't it the same thing with? I mean, Drill Dozer was the same situation. No, I was gonna say with Ace Attorney because I remember they were all Game Boy Advance. They were all Game Boy Advance. You know, I think they came out before the DS in Japan, but then they ported it to DS, and that's when it really took oh. off. Although they've always been popular, the Game Boy ones too. But um, there's another game I had in mind. Playing that on a Game Boy Advance. Yeah, there's another. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> well, if you think about it, the bomb screen. I guess just for inventory management. Yeah, but it's like you use it so much. Well, you really, most or, of the time you use it up, to... You use it a lot just to press next speech box. Next speech box. Like, it's that giant play button. Yeah, but it's nice that it just clears it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. But, yeah, there's other games Nintendo could do. There's a Game Boy Advance game called Kurukur in Paradise. You control this, like, spinning stick on a ball, and you have to navigate it through these mazes. It didn't... It came out in Europe as Kurukur in Paradise. In Japan, its initials... The game's title's initials were KKK. <laughs> So they decided not to release it in America. <laughs> so that's why we never got to play that. But they released a few of them in other places. So that's another one they could bring to the eShop with a new name. Maybe just drop the crew current part and just call it, like, spinning, like, Paradise Spin or something stick like ball. that. Stick ball. <laughs> stick Move ball with sticks through maze game. Fun time. Two. Electric Boogaloo. Or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So there's so much potential of stuff they could release. So I'm hoping some are... Carnival 92 does well, so they actually do that. Uh, one final tidbit of first-party news from that Nintendo Direct is Nintendo broke the tradition, guys. Luigi's no longer a secret character in Super Smash Brothers. Oh, every I, I never saw that coming, though. Every single Super Smash Brothers, he's always been the first unlockable secret character. But, because of Year of Luigi... Oh, that's what you meant. Yeah. I thought you meant, like, like <clears throat> there was no secret that Luigi was going to come out. Oh, well, it wasn't, yeah, but he was right. always the first unlockable <laughs> character. He was never publicly announced until after Jamie the game Puff came out. the first unlockable character. You're right. He's second. But either, he, uh, either way, he was never properly announced, like, before release, yeah. until now. Year of Luigi convinced them to well, make yeah, him... Year, year yeah. Luigi. So he was confirmed for both the Wii U version of the new Smash Bros. and the 3DS version. Just some screenshots were shown, no footage or anything, so who knows. And that was weird. It was still all polygony. Yeah. Yeah, on yeah, and he uh, he has his like little side butt swing thing again. So oh, that move looked. Yeah, they look the same. Exactly. The same. But honestly, the bigger news about Smash Bros. that happened over the past two weeks, I would argue, is not Luigi, in my personal opinion, but was something that happened within the same twenty four hours of that Nintendo Direct, and that was series, you know, Smash Bros. series head uh, Sakurai, Master Hero Sakurai. He announced in a Miiverse post of a screenshot that there's a pilot wing stage. Coming oh. to the new Smash Bros. It's the old Super Nintendo Pilot Wings. All it showed was a zoomed out view of the stage below. So I'm guessing you're on some sort of floating. Or maybe this is the background. Or maybe that's the background. You're on some sort. Yeah, and you're on some sort of floating platform in I'm front of it. I'm pretty sure you're going to be on some sort of plane since it is Pilot yeah. Wings. But point being, Pilot Wings. Pilot Wings. New character. Has a stage. The plane. I don't, <laughs> the plane. Yeah. You just fly a plane. Uh, no, but Pilot Wings. I'm so uh-huh. happy. I love Pilot Wings 64. Pilot Wings Resort yeah, on 3DS. Super Nintendo though. No, but my point is I love the franchise, and I'm <laughs> glad it got represented after four Smash Bros. Three Smash Bros. The fourth one is finally getting a chance to... It was one of two launch titles for N64. It was one of the first Mode sure 7 games. It a trophy in there somewhere. It barely has representation. It was one of, it was one of the first Super Nintendo games to, to use Mode 7 well. It was the launch title for N64, the launch title for 3DS. Which, eh, that one was good, but it was way too short. And it had really good 3D, though. But point being, this game is a big part of Nintendo lore. I'm surprised it got they got away this long without including it in some way. It was Mario Kart 64? 
uh, nope. launch title? Nope, it was just Mario 64 and Pilot Wings. For like... No, sorry. Was Mario 64 a launch title? Oh, I thought you said Mario Kart 64. No, Mario Kart. Uh, Mario. Super... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mario 64. <laughs> Super Mario. Kart. Yeah, Super Mario 64. Mario 64 and Pilot Wings were the two launch titles, and they were yeah, like the yeah, only yeah. two releases for like four or five months. I probably got overshadowed by Super Mario 64, because I never yeah. heard of... No, I it. I mean, it did, but I remember playing... I never owned it, but I rented it a ton back oh. in the day when I used to rent games. And I rented Donkey Kong. I rented, I rented Pac-Man World 2 and got all the way to the final boss, never beat it, never had the opportunity because then Blockbuster closed. Uh, did you keep it? No. Yeah. I returned it and I was going to go back and get some other time and then nope. And at that point you'd think, why don't I just buy the game? But I don't have an answer. No, if it was a GameCube game, you'd have the memory of yeah, the final boss I don't, too. Yeah, I don't understand it. I mean, I, I, it's not like I was that little either. It's, it's like not like I didn't understand. <laughs> like, I was like 13 or 14 at the time, but whatever. Either way, that's it for the first party news from Nintendo from the from the Nintendo Direct General Nintendo Direct. But there was a couple third party were a couple third party tidbits worth mentioning. Um, well, there were two worth mentioning. One is Sonic Lost World, which actually opened the Direct. Uh, has some connectivity between the Wii U and 3DS version. Oh, yeah, Sega's Superman. essentially that's gonna be me. Sega kind of alluded to doing this back at E3, but we didn't see it like, actual footage of it till now, but um, when the game launches on October 22nd on both consoles, you'll be able to use the 3DS version to build your own custom RC remote-controlled vehicle, some sort of helicopter, or other flying device, transfer it to the Wii U game, and then when you're doing co-op mode, instead of, like, in Mario Galaxy where you just have a pointer on the screen that's, you know, interacting with the environment and stopping enemies and collecting, in this case, rings, you have an actual little controllable avatar of a helicopter that's doing it and it's your helicopter that you built in tails lab on the 3ds version kind of cool you control it the is. helicopter yep. through your ds no no no, i don't think so you just no. pour it over but it's still it is kind of cool it's like a nice logical next step of how mario galaxy co-op works yeah i remember in sonic adventure um someone who controlled tails just the like in the player. super nintendo yeah but then like yep. obviously the camera didn't care what yeah. Tails was. yeah the one thing that i'm kind of wondering about with this is so I get, okay, they want you to use, play both games, but Tails Lab could very easily be done on the gamepad screen, too. Like, it seems odd that they're like, the only way you can do this, <laughs> even though both games are kind of the same, just on different systems, is through this one feature on one system that you can then port over to the other. It just seems well, like, I don't Well, know. they had to connect it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's not a feature. And no one does They, they yeah. didn't have to, but they I did. Mean, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. we'll be more than capable of beating the game without the helicopter. Oh, style. totally. I, I I know I'm totally nitpicking this as well. Like, why they they did a cool co-op thing, but why they do it? Like, it's kind of a weird. I don't know. It's but cool having it, co-op than not having. Yeah, co-op. it is. And like I said, it's a really good next step for like, Mar- from how Mario Galaxy did. Because instead of just having that stupid pointer, <laughs> well, you have like an actual something thing. Something a little in. better. I mean, you control the Luma, even though it's still kind of following. Even you. then, it was like, yeah. yeah. The Luma. This is more like the Luma. But even then, this is a lot. Even more so, a lot of oh, yeah, next yeah. step. So I think the Luma was stuck following Mario. Yeah, like to that. some extent. Yeah, it was behind Mario, and then you could kind of like pull it away to do something else, and it's like come back to Mario. <laughs> but um, in addition to Sonic Lost World, Nintendo also used the direct. Well, I wanted specifically talked about Rayman Legends, which is actually finally for real this time, less than a month away from release. The last time I said it was less than a month away from release, it was then delayed <laughs> till now. So, so uh, obviously the Wii U version isn't exclusive anymore, but. We are still getting a, like For Ubisoft's still throwing justified us. reasons. Yeah, yeah, do Wii U sales totally, but we're still getting a bit of a uh, Ubisoft's still throwing us a bit of a bone. Like us Nintendo fans are like, oh well, you don't get your exclusive, but you get you get some and stuff. And we had the app. 
Yeah, we have the app. We've had the app. That's bone number one. They threw our way. Bone number two oh, is the game yeah is, is new costumes. Oh. Uh, you can play as Raymond. <laughs> what? What? <What'd> <laughs> the game is free. Oh man, that'd be boring. <laughs> throwing a bone at us. That'd be like giving us some sort of feast. I'd be perfectly okay with that though. <laughs> but no, what they did announce is yeah, they're doing uh, Mario and Luigi costumes. So Rayman can be Mario, Glowbox can be Luigi. That's it. You can't put the costumes on any character, even though there's like ten playable. Only those two. But it it looks like it's funny because when you see them in motion, like Mario, like them running around with Mario and Luigi, you go, man, this game's art style is way more impressive than like New Super Mario Brothers U. <laughs> Imagine if they made. A real Mario they game. They should have made a Mario Luigi playable. That been... Yeah, that, that would have been cool. cool. That would have been super cool. That would have been weird, like the charge of attacks. Yeah, it would have been super weird to see him in, like, it'd be weird to see them not just, like, have the charge of attacks, but also just see him in the art style of Rayman. Because, like, then you'd real that's probably why I didn't do it, because then people would go, why isn't the 2D Mario games like this? Like, <laughs> this is really good looking. Because Nintendo's not making the game. Yeah, but it's just, it's just like, it's fine, because, you know, you see the super, like, simple polygons. They Maybe look it's nice, but they simple polygons. Make someone so. else make the 2D Mario games. Oh. Or at least change the art style. Yeah, they can have the same people make them. Gameplay-wise, they're great. It's just graphics-wise, they're kind of, like, simple. So, but yeah, when I saw, yeah, like... change the art style for, like, six games. Yeah, exactly. And when I saw the, like, uh... They're not capable of doing any other ones. They just love to reuse assets too much, I guess. Yeah. Well, they're pumping them out like crazy. That's why. You look at all the covers side to side, they look very... I know. I, it's almost... Similar. Yeah, it's almost like they purposely tried to, like, make it, like, idiot-proof and just be like, <laughs> Hey, did you like this Mario? Look, four more. Or something, but... Yeah, no, but seeing Rayman run around in that Mario outfit, it's just like, oh, man. Mario... If Mario was in that Mario outfit, it looks so good. I mean, Ray, it still looks great, but... um, Yeah, besides that... uh, Actually, one thing of note. This actually, as many people I'm sure are aware, this isn't the first time Nintendo's done this. Nintendo's loaned out and farmed out their characters and costumes a lot. And like actually, Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Yeah. Yeah, Tekken Tag Tournament 2 when it launched on Wii U. Scribblenauts Unlimited when it launched right. on Wii U. In fact, all that leading up their to... characters. Yeah. But leading up to all that, when it was first announced that those were happening, I actually wrote an extra on the site a year ago called Borrowing Mario, where I actually looked through the history of all the stuff Nintendo's done in terms of farming out their characters. You know, SSX Tricky, NBA Street Volume 3, going like way back even further. It's... It's, a, it's interesting how, like, the reasoning of why they do it and what games they do it for and which ones worked and which ones didn't. So, for anyone that's curious about all that, that's on the site, Rantan.com. The article's called Borrowing Mario. It's from last October, so it's probably about halfway down the page. So, definitely go check that out if that's your cup of tea. But, uh, or, or not. But, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But, back to the direct, though, um, with Rayman Legends, it wasn't just the, uh, costumes that Ubisoft is kind of giving us Wii U owners as a, sorry guys, bone <laughs> being thrown. They're also uh, allowing us to import all the Rayman Legends Challenges app feature or achievements we've gotten. So any level of awesomeness you have, or what your current level of awesomeness is, and any of the challenge cups you've unlocked, once the app ends and you buy the, fizz- the game, it will pull those from the save data of the app, and it will all be integrated into the real challenges mode in the final product. That's kind of nice. I didn't know if they were going to hook them together, but they're going to. So, that is cool. Yeah, it's actually kind of handy that they're doing that. Uh, All you need to do to ensure that that happens is download and play the app by August 28th. Otherwise, well, if you don't have the app, what are you importing for? (laughs) But if you do, make sure you do it by August 28th, 28th, which is five days before the final release, or six days before the final release. So, you know, it's just just a heads up. Just a a PSA for all you Rayman fans. And also, um, it's worth knowing that I was really stressing during the Nintendo Direct, all the Wii U 
exclusive stuff in Rayman Legends besides this. Like, uh, you know, it's the only one that has five-player co-op. It's the only one that uses a gamepad to do interacting with the environment. How it works on PS3 and 360, if I remember correctly, is if you're controlling Murphy, who's the touchscreen representation of yourself when you're using the gamepad, uh, either you're controlling Murphy and, with the control with a normal controller and the character's moving automatically, which is similar but not as intuitive as what's on Wii U, or you're controlling the character and Murphy just kind of is there doing his thing for you automatically, which is pointless. <laughs> so so if you want the actual, like, the these are levels designed for Wii U, so probably the Wii U one is going to be the definitive one or between Vita all is, these different things. Usually is, anyway. Or Vita. Yeah, I guess Vita, but who's going to buy the Vita version? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Vita is selling worse than the Wii U, if that's Whoever humanly possible. Yeah, whoever had the Vita. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of cool stuff Rayman Legends has, but are we, st- are we as, like, a collective Nintendo fan base still interested in this thing? Like, if it came out in February when there's nothing out, I would have sure. bought it. Day one. Me too. Not so much anymore. Yeah, it's like September. It comes out September 3rd, right between Pikmin 3 and Wonderful 101. Um, and New Super Luigi well, physical release. I did beat Pikmin 3 faster than I expected. Right, we'll get to that time. later, yeah. But and also, Grand Theft Auto is coming out in September. Yeah, it's just and like... It's going to be a really big game. Yeah, exactly. There's just so many games, both Nintendo and non-Nintendo. I mean, at least Wonderful 101 is exclusive, so it's not as affected by Grand Theft Auto. Right, right. But, but it actually maybe. comes out the same week, which is yeah crazy. But, uh, crazy of Nintendo. But, but I feel like if you have a Wii U, you're definitely going to get that game. Yeah. I mean, but no, I'm just curious, like, with Rayman, like, I wonder if Ubisoft's going to, like... I don't know, I wonder if they're going to be like, look, it didn't sell, we shouldn't support Wii U. And it's like, well, of course it didn't sell. You strung us along for six months, and then mm. at least in the peak period of game releases. But I mean, I'm still interested, but I was going to get it day one, and I'm not even sure. We'll see. But it's I mean, unfortunate, because it, it does look really good. You eventually looks, will own it. Yeah, it eventually. looks... Eventually. Like, five years from now, when we see it for $2. But... Still buy it. Yep, but eventually... <laughs> Might get a holiday season, and just not play it till... Free, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a really weird situation they put themselves into. Like, I it does look really good. The challenges app is really fun, but once I play challenges app, I'm like, all right, I've experienced Rayman, and I'm not sure if I'm gonna <laughs> go any further. But I don't know. There, it's uh, hopefully it doesn't make Ubisoft drop their third party support if it doesn't sell well. But we'll see. There is one last tidbit of the Nintendo Direct, probably worth mentioning though. Also third party, but on the indie side. And that's that, I don't know why, but the European Nintendo Direct, no one else, just Europe, got a sizzle reel of over two minutes of various indie games coming to the Wii U eShop. And, you know, we always say, like, oh, there's no games from third parties, even though we just talked about Rayman and Sonic and whatnot. It's like, it's so barren compared to other systems. But there were 18 different indie games shown in this sizzle reel. And they're all supposed to be out by the end of this year. Now, Sizzle Reel <laughs> is, yeah, and the Sizzle Reel is only focusing on games from U- European developers because it is the European Nintendo Direct. So, just give you an idea. So, we might not even get them? We'll probably get most of them. Europe and US seem to have a lot of their indie uh, eShop games lined up because they share a lot of the same eShop policies and whatnot, so it's really easy. It's Japan that does it differently. With Japan, uh, you actually have to go through a whole separate submission process. You still have to have a physical office and be like a legitimate company. Wow. Here in the States, you don't. But I mean, just listen to like, you know, everyone's always like, there's no games for you. But I mean, here's the here's what they showed. I'm just going to run through them super fast. They were both tiles we knew about and unannounced tiles. And there are like a ton of them. So there's a cel-shaded RPG called Festival of Magic. There's the portal style first person puzzler kind of portal-esque, like I said, called uh, Cubed. It's the director's cut of that. It's been on Steam for a few years. 
There's a Diablo-style dungeon crawler called Forced. There's a port of a PC platformer called Genus Sisters Twisted Dreams, which looks really good graphically. It kind of reminds me of Rayman, actually. There's uh, two different platformers that are silhouetted. One is called uh, Knit Underground, and the other is huh, Nihilumbra, or something like that. <laughs> that. I don't know. There's an action platformer set in what they're calling Steam Rock Japan. I guess it's like steampunk, called Wooden Sensei. There's two platforms that we've previously discussed, both uh, the electric-themed Tesla Grad and the origami-themed Tengami. There's a real-time strategy game called March of War. There's the Zelda-style adventure game uh, It'll Drew. Do, sorry. There's a cartoony, top-down, naval, real-time battle game, party game, that looks kind of like... Kind of like worms, but looking at it from above, called um, Monkey Pirates. There's a real, a very realistic chess game, appropriately called Real Chess. There's a top-down car racer called TNT Racing. There's an action role-play game called Squid Deluxe. There's a pencil-drawn 2D game called So Hungry, where you are this little blob that's basically begging people for food, and you go explore a world, which sounds insane, but actually, it's about homelessness, the game, but it actually looks really cool. <laughs> and Nintendo approached the developer about that so one. bum. Yeah, essentially, you're a little smiley face bum. But, uh... At least you're happy. Yeah, and on top of all that, No, who made Pop on WiiWare, Spirit Hunters on DSiWare, Escape Vector on the eShop, they have a new, and the My Notebook series, they have a new game too called Cube Man 2, and it's a, they're handling the port of it, it's a head-to-head game where you're these two battle, these two teams of cube people battling each other by throwing cubes at each other. It's like a real-time, ac- real-time strategy slash action game is how they're describing it. So you're throwing cubes at each other in these cubic worlds, like these giant multi-tiered cube levels, and you're bound, you're basically battling each other. It's either against other people or against the computer, but what's unique about it is it's the first Wii U game to have multi-platform multiplayer. You can be battling against PC players, Mac players, even iOS players, and it's all one pool of players. Oh, like Portal 2, kind of. Yeah. And it's only yeah, the Steam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they uh, And they're also going to have all the custom levels from all those versions of the game work in the Wii U version. So it's like one very big interconnected game. And it's cool that Nintendo's letting them be, one you know... One big cloud. Yeah, one big cloud. And it's cool that Nintendo's letting them do that, because I know some companies, uh, at least at one point, had the policy of it can, you can only play against people on the same system. I think Microsoft still might have that. but Or no, Portal ditched that. No, Portal no, it's was PS3. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's PS3, PS3, right. To, um, yeah, Microsoft does still have Steam, that. PS3 yeah. Steam. But, um, yeah, so... The point being of that huge list... People like to say the Wii U doesn't have games, but between the Fall lineup that Nintendo's putting out, the couple, the few third-party games there are, and then these tons of indie games, there's a lot to play. There is too much to play. Like, it is not an issue. Granted, they're not major releases, but everyone that's saying the Wii U has, not, has no games... And they could still like to say it. This yeah, but it, it's, it's not going to be true. It's true. It was true up until a week ago, maybe, when Pikmin came out, or two weeks ago, or whatever. But now, going forward, I don't think it's true anymore. I mean, Nintendo's literally planning to have between 20 and 30 Wii U games on, the, like, indie Wii U games available by holiday season. And when you're not playing your Wii U, you have stuff to play on your 3DS. Exactly. Like, there's a ton of games. And I mean... You really have to own both. Yeah. You, experience. Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. I, obviously, they're not replacing major games. But it's a lot. It's a lot to play. Nintendo always has the best portable the best what? Portable. Oh, portable. Yeah, I thought you said portal. I'm like, portal oh. to where? <laughs> what portal? To our hearts. <laughs> the best portal to our hearts, yeah. But, so that wraps up um, the Nintendo Direct. They, it's like, a, it's a lot of little things, basically. But they also had a second Direct, 
48 hours later, on the dot, uh, covering one game in particular. It wasn't a lot of little things, it was just a lot of, it was a little of a lot of one thing. There we go. And that was Wonderful 101. September 15th. September 15th. <laughs> September 15th. For some reason, for those who haven't seen the direct yet, then the presentation for Wonderful 101 split itself, <laughs> oh, in tight. Uh, the, the presentation split itself into little bite-sized videos that all ended with, The Marvel 101 will be available on September 15th. They said, I think, six times. Four yeah, times. It, it, it definitely felt like the video it was, was supposed to be a bunch of separate videos. Yeah, like, I couldn't tell if they were doing that or if they were purposely, like... Maybe they had made all the videos separate beforehand, and then they're like, no, it's just... No, no, they would have edited it out. They had What's-His-Name do the direct-to-you gesture. They had, uh, the, you know, the game producer, Hideki Kamiya, he did the... Directly to you, gestured at Miyamoto. Yeah, He's later. dressed in a suit like Miyamoto. They or not Miyamoto. Sorry, Iwata. They were mimicking. Mm. I mixed up my Nintendo execs. They were mimicking the direct from the start. I think it was supposed to be kind of a running joke, but because they're both Japanese. Well, no, I think it's because it's a Nintendo direct, not because they're both Japanese. Well, that too. Because <laughs> well, no, you mixed up the names. Uh, oh, oh, you meant Miyamoto and Iwata. Yeah, no, that's not why. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, the direct was hosted by. Kamiya, uh, they outline, you know, the basics of the game. You have 100 heroes. For those who know nothing about it, I don't know how it's possible. There's 100 heroes. You kind of control them like they're one big... Like, it's one hero split. Yeah, it's one unit split into 100 heroes. Uh, You can draw different attacks to let them do stuff. You know, either with uh, the touch screen, you just draw the shape, or you make the shape with the right joystick, and it does it. Um, Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. What they revealed in the Direct that's new... Is that it's su- it's a super arcadey action game, which we kind of got a feel for, but they really home they really made that point clear during the direct. He was specifically pointing out that each each level split into very very brief missions. There are like two minutes here, three minutes there, and each one of those is scored. So if you're into like arcade high score challenges, you can earn yourself a lot of high scores and a lot of opportunities to improve your scores because it's only like. Congratulations, you threw a semi-truck. High score is... Da, 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 and then it goes on to the next mission. So it's uh, that's true in both the story mode and there's a mission mode, which somehow even more so is focused on high scores. Like enemy kill counts and that sort of thing factor in even bigger. So that's one thing that they really emphasize. The second thing is that also, much like many arcade games, there's a pretty, a pretty deep combo system. Well, it's not really deep, but there's a combo system. So instead of just having one unify attack, one giant shape that all your minion, all your little heroes can morph into when you draw it or use a stick to make it, um, you can have multiple ones going at once. You can switch them on the fly. So you can throw an enemy in the air, shoot him with a gun, switch to a sword, and bat him away or something, and that will give you more points, which is more high-score opportunities. So as you progress, you'll get new abilities and new weaponry that let you do even more high-score stuff. There's also um, new moves you can use. You can have your crew do together to con unified moves and um, they can purchase through an in-game shop which means even more upgradeability as you progress through the game so they showed off two which are also in the demo one uh you do this like snake like dash dodge thing it's like a coil yeah they look kind of like a slinky bouncing away yeah, yeah that is what it is it's a yeah. spring yeah and the other is that's a better way of wearing it yeah definitely and the other is a defensive blob of jelly because obviously jello keeps you safe apparently there's a little cherry on top there's a little cherry on top it's like a uh What's it called? A flam cake? Flam cake? Yeah. yeah. Flan. flan. There we go. Flan. So, uh, yeah, not flam. That's <laughs> not <laughs> flam cake. But, um, mm. so, so, yeah, all that, you know, it, it basically shows what the game is in terms of progression. They introduced the Wonder, Wonder White, Wonder, yeah. whatever. Yellow. Yeah, they, they introduced a bunch of the characters. And, the, and their bizarros. 
Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And the, oh, yeah, and, yeah, and the Bizarro's. Yeah. There's some. They show this crazy long trailer for, where for a very non-spoiler trailer, it seems like they give it a lot yeah, of like crazy. plot twists or plot points. Like, oh, the kid yeah. and then at one point, the Wonder Blue and the Red are fighting each other. Yeah. Like, oh, there's and then Wonder Red loses. Yeah. Apparently that. Yeah. Then... The direct just to catch you. Sorry, Craig. No. The the direct ended with a seven minute long. I think it was seven minutes. Spoiler free trailer. Spoiler free director's cut trailer that. Had tons of what you would think would be spoilers, but apparently they're only like a third of the story. So, well, I guess I mean, there's there's like they go into space and like all this other stuff is like okay, this is out of nowhere. But I mean, I guess it, it makes me more curious. Like, oh, where's this story headed? Oh yeah, totally. And as a as a surprise bonus on top of that ridiculous trailer that was just like so much like story packed in, they also released a demo, mm-hmm. and the demo is really fun, like yep. really uh, really fun. Very smooth. Yeah, basically, I mean, we had the opportunity... That to... robot looked so good. Which robot? The one that talks to you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and everything kind of has, like, an... It, look, it almost looks like action figures come to life. Like, they have, like, a plastic sheen over their clothes and stuff. It's really cool. But uh, it, the demo that they released is essentially a modified version of what we played way back at the Wii U Experience Tour in September of last year before it came out. They just upgrade everything to the current final engine of the game and whatnot. But, um... I don't know, it's really much nicer to be able to sit down and, like, properly play it, opposed to, like, being at a kiosk and playing, like, a sliver of a mission, you know, like, two missions of the whole level versus, say, the whole level. So, what what'd you guys think of it? Um, well, from what I played in Comic-Con, it's pretty different. Oh, yeah, you played at Comic-Con, that's right. Yeah, I got pretty far in the demo. Was it a different demo than... Yeah, it was, it was completely different. It so, was what, a... what, what was yours like? It was, uh, basically, you fought, like, three bosses, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then you do, you go through like a little cutscene of like do the wonder jump or do the wonder hand right. thing, but it depends on how far you go because you're timed on the demo. It sounds like that one was almost more of a tutorial. Uh, like if it taught you how to do all that. Oh well, I guess the the person in charge of the kiosk or the little boost oh, was teaching oh, you. Okay. So you just had to fight. See, I could have used that when I played it because <laughs> I don't know. You guys apparently didn't have an issue when we were talking about this before, but I had a bit of a learning curve with this. Demo. I guess it helped that I played it in Comic Con, but yeah. even then, it was. I, I felt like it was pretty easy to pick up. Yeah, but I mean, what what else were you? I feel like I you were gonna say something else, and then I cut you off. Uh, or not? I, I, I guess other than the from the home demo, the inclusion of, I mean, more mm-hmm. content like the combos was a lot cooler. Right. And oh yeah, those probably weren't in the three. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's one set attack. Right. Which is also cool that they mentioned in the direct. That you could buy even more combos. So yeah. You could, like, elongate your combos. Yeah, so you can literally... So it won't be the same set three-hit combo or something. Right, right. Yeah, that 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 uh, that could actually... Like, that really is such an art. You know what this game feels like, now that I think about it? It's like Bayonetta with... If Bayonetta was chopped to 100 pieces. I've never played Bayonetta. I, well, based on <laughs> Bayonetta 2 demo I played at Comic-Con, it feels a lot well, like it. I mean, this felt like a, a really a fun action game. Yeah, right? essentially it's a really fun action game. I mean, I look how... I, I really like how fast you can switch between the the unifications and and it's all really fluid. Like there's like it no. Because when you I switch mean, through, I guess it's like time stop. So yeah. essentially you're making it on the fly. Yeah. Oh, so it's it's just really fun, and we also got to play multiplayer, so that was really cool too. Yeah, how was that? I haven't had a chance to do multiplayer. I mean, how's it work? So I mean, one, each of you controls a single hero that can unify some of the people, or no? Yeah, we each control a little cluster of people. Okay. And we have all the moves available to you. It's like single player, but with two people. Right. Yeah, so they just split, the, only they split the camp that, in two. Yeah. That time doesn't time, time doesn't slow down when you're switching between right wonder powers. Right. That makes sense. And yeah, now you can have multiple wonder powers going, like you were saying with the combo system. That, to be honest, I pro- I misread the direction, but still, I know I'm not the only one that did this. 
It's like, press X when you want to do multiple, you know, when you have one uh, Unite ability and you want to do another. So I pressed X to try and do it. They meant press X after you do it. <laughs> I, thought it I, mean, I just thought it was common sense. I mean, like... Yeah, well, I'm an you, idiot, you, you, so... <laughs> like, all right, you want to use a sword, so you make the shape of a sword. If you, wanna, if you want it to be your direct line of attack, you press A. If you want it to be the secondary one, you press X. See, I didn't read it that way. I read it as, what? here's how you do an attack. Here, look, you could do two attacks now. Press X. I was like, okay, I'll press X. Like, I didn't, pro- I didn't like, it flashed by the screen really quick. I didn't really skip those I mean, words. Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> I mean, it's also on your gamepad the whole time, like, the all the controls. Yeah, but not the draw, then press X. It, I mean, just, yeah, it to, just said X. I mean, there's little submenus. Yeah, I know, but, I know. Yeah. I still, that, see, that was the learning curve for me. Is I think part of it also is, did you guys find it easier to draw with your finger on the touch screen the different shapes? Like, a was, you do a L, like an upside down L for the I gun, did, a line for the I sword. just played with the analog. Yeah, I did analog. I did analog. Because def- doing this with the touchpad is definitely a lot faster. See, I feel it's the opposite. My learning curve was the touchpad issue. I mean, I'm left-handed, so my move, the stick I used to move, is also stick. I- it's also the hand I'd use to draw. So I'd have to let go of moving. Which, yeah, you can't move when you're drawing. Anyway. Oh, that's right, you're left-handed. But yeah, yeah but I like I'd have to consciously go, okay, letting go of the controls, moving my hand, drawing, moving it back. Like, granted, that's only a split-second thing, but when you're in a heated battle, it's really hard to do that. Well, like when you use the analog, it's a set speed. Yeah. So when you use the touchpad, it's like... I feel like the set speed was still faster than my my switching back and forth. Oh, though, so, yeah. But no, the analog... Because that's when... Like, it didn't click. Like, once the game clicked, I had a blast with it. Like, I'm so hyped for the game now. But before <laughs> it clicked, like, before it all fell into place and I was still trying to draw it, I, I was just like, what is going on? This is crazy. I mean, the game itself is chaotic and crazy, but when I was going, this is crazy about, like, trying to draw it. It wasn't... In a good way, <laughs> but and then you just have to keep so an eye much. on all the enemies. I there were too many times where I would stop paying attention to a certain enemy, and I would just try to look for the little tiny enemies <laughs> that you could just pick off. Yeah, and I would just keep getting tackled and shot at. Yeah, and even when I was trying to keep track of one, like I don't know, I guess I couldn't read their tells right away until I mean it took me like four or five hits before like right yeah yeah, yeah. just collecting everybody. But and then also like I wasn't really paying attention to the colors that they are because I know the mm-hmm. color corresponds. First one through their weakness. Yep. Yep. Or the wonder power. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, I did, also, did you guys, what did you guys think of the, they had like a tilt shift thing going with the graphics where like only the area you were in was crisp and the rest was super like uh, out of focus. Oh, did you notice that? I thought that was actually I, a really cool touch. I didn't really notice that. Uh, like tilt shift is a photography technique where lots no, of people I know what it is. Lots of people do it on Instagram, but for those who don't know, that's what I was about to explain. It. It's basically where... If you make something look like almost like like a real foe will make will look like miniatures because of how it does the focus. So like you could take a picture of a cityscape, but you can make it look like it's like a little model town and not a real town. So the, the Wonderful One One kind of has that same effect, and then the shift just like the focused area is the part you're in, and it just kind of moves around with you. I thought it was cool in the direct. Um, they, they essentially showed like a bunch of different ways, like perspe- camera perspectives yeah. of how you're playing the game, and they showed one in the demos, like when you go inside the little hut or oh something. yeah that's cool how it drops down to the yeah, gamepad like almost first person sort of yeah not really and then you use the gamepad yeah it's actually interesting because i don't know if you guys tried off tv play but the way they use the this they mimic the dual screen setup is they do picture in picture so what's on the gamepad is still there in a little mini box on the gamepad and then the rest of the screen mm-hmm. is the rest of the screen so i just thought that's kind of interesting it's a different <laughs> approach than anything we've seen but Isn't i mean that what um four swords did when you didn't have a game Boy advance four swords adventures yeah. Yeah, but no Wii U game is done yet, I don't think. But, yeah, no, it's, I had a really fun time with the demo, and there's a lot of content for a demo. Like, there's the full the full story mode thing with, like, multiple, I think, like, 12 different little mini-missions. Then there was mission mode, which had three things. 
two characters you can uh wonder pink and wonder yellow who have whips and hammers you can unlock in mission mode somehow you can like find them in there and then use them which they're like a hidden away extra in the demo so there's like there's a lot in there like platinum games packs their games with content and apparently they pack their demos with just as much content <laughs> but uh yeah we'll have obviously a lot more to talk about wonderful wall one when it comes out september 15th but yeah i think those are good you know quick and bright was there anything else you wanted to add i mean are you guys both well you share well, i don't know when it was gonna buy it so. yeah so yeah for sure day one yeah i'm probably gonna get it day one yeah it's basically Most pikmin time. on speed like, like Pikmin were an action game. Yeah, if Pikmin were an action game, and they were like on speed. If you modify it. everything to make it like. One. If you make it, if you take my analogy and you make it fit this thing, that's what it yeah. is. <laughs> but, but yeah, and that uh, so that was the wonderful one on one direct and the demo that came with it. Uh, Pokemon X and Y didn't want to be left out of all the news though. They didn't get their own direct like wonderful one on one. It's not that important, I guess. <laughs> but they did get a whole bunch of news. Um, there's actually this weekend. I think it's wrapping up the day this podcast goes live Sunday. But this weekend is the Pokemon World Championships in Vancouver, and I guarantee the timing of the X and Y announcement is not a coincidence. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they announced these new things to then show them off at the event. So what they announced is that uh, well, we finally know why Mewtwo has his weird Mew three looking counterpart that everyone's been calling Mew three. It's because Pokemon got Digimon, essentially. They now have introduced Mega Evolutions, which are exactly what they sound like. Uh, basically, Temporary evolution. Yeah, basically much. what happens is when a Pokemon, a specific Pokemon, did I say Poka? Like Poka? Pokemon. Pokemon. When a specific pocket monster is holding a specific type of stone, type of Mega Stone, they will evolve into a Mega Evolution. It's a slightly different looking, more powerful version of themselves that has some sort of unique ability exclusive to it. Yeah, they have, like, different, um... I forgot which one Lucario had, but I know, like, it changes their innate abilities. Yeah. So, like, Lucario normally has, like, this ability that doesn't make them flinch, and mm-hmm. that one, I think it doubles his attack or something like that. Yeah, but... and each one, and some of them are more creative than others, and each one's different, and each one requires their own uh, stuff. All, all the ones I saw were already pre-existing abilities. They were just given to them. Right, but they're so, still... Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, some of them are, like, more interesting than others, I guess I should say. I mean, for example, at that Pokemon event in Vancouver... They announced uh, Mega... Remember Genghis Khan from the original? Genghis Khan? Uh, did I say Genghis Khan? Like the <laughs> Mongolian leader? Yeah, not Genghis Khan. I've been to that... Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, it has a Mega form now, and the baby comes out of the pouch, Ooh. and the and the Pokemon gets to attack twice. Once for mother, once for child. In the same turn. Same attack, same turn, but you get double attack. Like, you go boom, boom, and then the kid goes boom, boom. Hmm. So I don't think they've power. done that before. Nope. Yeah, so no, there is some new tag. stuff in there. That sounds really interesting. Really good. Because I mean, yeah, cause well, if you use a certain move. Yeah, I mean, could, it's usually super effective. Yep, yep. I mean, it'd be it'd be super duper effective <laughs> now. But it's, I mean, see, this is what confuses me about some sort of balancing they have to do. Yeah, and that's what confuses I mean, me about this. And I guess like since you do have to hold the Mega Stone, you are sacrificing your item slot. But usually, Kangaskhan not can't fair compare. Not like because well, because I mean, Kangaskhan usually can't take too many hits. They usually die like in one hit. Yeah, and usually people give them like something called a focus ash, so that they take two hits to kill. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a, there's so many different items that like, right. people will, like rely on. So I mean, giving up the item slot could potentially like I could see a lot of Pokemon like Lucario probably would never use his Mega Form just because he's already such a good Pokemon on his own. Yeah, but yeah, the thing that and kind basic, of and he's considered like Uber tier or whatever. I mean, yeah, well, 
Yeah. Just to catch people up, there are a few... We didn't mention them all, so that's probably before we go into detail about how they each work. There are six, I believe, that have been revealed so far. So we have the Mega Mewtwo, Mega Lucario, who, by the way, each Pokemon has their own stone that evolves them. Lucario's special stone that turns it into Mega Lucario is called Lucario Knight. <laughs> really, Pokemon Company? <laughs> you can't just call it, like, something else? <laughs> anything else? That's, well, like, the I mean, most generic if a scientist thing. discovered it and it only works on Lucario, because what does the, it mean? I mean, I don't want to... Lucarnite. Lucarnite sounds better than Lucario Knight. Like, uh, I'm okay with Lucario. I don't know. It's, that's a lazy name. Anyway, other Pokemon... Why would they want to memorize a crazy, long, complicated name? It's called a Lucario Knight. Lucario Knight's shorter than Lucario Knight. Anyway, <laughs> other other Pokemon they are getting mega forms include uh, Mawile, Absol, uh, Blaziken, which you mentioned, and Ampharos. Ampharos. Ooh, Ampharos. Can you tell I haven't played Pokemon in forever? Yeah. Wait, which one's Ampharos from? Some gold and silver. See, I recognize him, but I never knew how to pronounce the his name. Yeah, he's the one, Marie. he has, like, the long neck and the big, like, the snout. Kind of like a giraffe. Yep, kind yep. Of, but not really. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's funny, because, like, he never was in the cartoon or anything, so I never knew how to say his yeah, name. Yeah, he was in the lighthouse. Yeah, in the He lighthouse. was the one I got sick. Man, I'm not proving mm-hmm. my Pokemon knowledge games. right now. Just like in the game. Like, but, yeah, well, either way, I mispronounced him, and I take full responsibility. Uh, but Blaziken <laughs> is particularly, paints a particularly interesting picture of how Mega Evolutions could work, because the only way you can get the Mega form for Blaziken is through a digital distribution that will happen when Pokemon X and Y comes out, they all distribute through Wi-Fi a special Torchic that comes with the Mega Stone for Blaziken, which I'm guessing is probably called Blaziken Knight or something stupid like that. <laughs> but uh, So yeah, on October 12th, you'll be able to get your first... Blaziken. 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 But, I don't know, it's just like, it's smart on one hand how they're doing this, but it's also kind of, I don't know, they did... I guess it works for a lot of Pokemon that they're not, they weren't going to bother doing anything with us. They didn't want to give them another evolution like Kangaskhan. Yeah. I mean, just do it for other Pokemon. Like, yeah. I, if, I, if I'm willing to bet, like, they're probably going to give them to Zigzagoon. Because another Pokemon that just kind of been there. Right. Yeah, it's interesting because, like... Oh, you <laughs> wish. Uh, but it, it's kind of genius from, like, Nintendo's perspective because they can do all these digital distributions. They can do all these special events. They can do all these special reasons to boot up the game again and download something or go somewhere. But they don't have to be... They can be more impressive than shiny Pokemon. And not require the amount of effort that, like, special Pokemon like Mew or Celebi once had. Shiny Pokemon is cool because it's They're still rare. more impressive than shiny. I mean, shiny is still more impressive. Really? I'd say creating entirely new variants of Pokemon is more impressive than a palette swap, basically. Because it's, like it's 1 in 8 million and 1 in 8,000. Yeah, but it's not 1 in 8 million when they give them away as promotional items. That's, That's my point. <laughs> the Megastone. Right. new one could get it. What? But shinies are harder to get. No, they're not. Okay, hold on. I'm not saying replacing shinies as a concept. I'm saying no, no, they no. used to distribute the same way they do the digital distribution for Torchic with the Megastone. They used to do that for shinies, which loses all what makes them special if they're giving everyone the same shiny. These let you have the, oh, cool, it's different than the normal Pokemon without Nintendo having to go through the effort of creating Pokemon that they purposely don't share in the game directly, like Mew or Celebi or, you know, any of those. Did I say Celebi, Cerebi? Why can't I say Pokemon today? What is wrong with me? No, it Celebi. It is Celebi. It's the website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, but <laughs> my point is like, it's better than Shiny in terms of like, yeah, Shiny's cool when you find them in the wild, but when they give them to everyone, don't they kind of lose all their appeal completely except, oh look, it's blue instead of yellow or whatever? I mean, they don't give out all of them. I know, but I'm saying the ones they do give out. 
the But yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I can see what you mean. Yeah, like this is like you um, get a new form, you get something that looks different, like but it's not a just shiny like, makeup Pokemon. Actually that'd be a... interesting. Yeah. No, I think shiny yeah. is a. Yeah. I think Torchic already has a shiny version. Or actually, every single Pokemon has a shiny version. It'd be really cool. Is in the digital distribution they kept the one in eight million thing, like that sort of random stat, and some people got shiny Torchic that then could become Mega, and some didn't. <laughs> but yeah, because it's like. This just gives them a little more flexibility and makes it look like they're putting a little more effort in without having to actually create entire new Pokemon. For digital distribution purposes. Of course, they'll also be available in the game directly. Uh, Nintendo won't say how exactly, but they just hinted that uh, the newly revealed city of... I can't read my own thing here. Shalor City uh, will probably hold key to these mega Pokemon. It has a gym leader who's very interested in enhancing Pokemon, and it has some sort of tower that you, of mastery that you can explore. So, that was a hint from Nintendo of what to expect. Beyond Mega Evolutions, though, they also outlined a couple new ways that players can boost their Pokemon's base stats. You know, HP, attack, special attack, all that. And it doesn't require battling, which is interesting. It's uh, it's called Super Training, and it pits Pokemon against giant, what they're calling, balloon-shaped, balloon, or, sorry, Pokemon-shaped balloon bots. Hmm. And basically, you're playing some sort of game involving shooting balls at each other and trying to get them into each other's goals. I'm not kidding. So your Pokemon's playing like one on one. So will it actually level them up, or will it just increase the base stat? They didn't say. Because if it's just the base stat, then there's no different than giving someone ten vitamins. And yeah, they didn't exactly say. All they said was how it works, which is that uh, you and your you your Pokemon and the Balloon Bot they're throwing they're trying to defend the balls being thrown at them while landing balls in each other's goals. You do it using the touch screen and the game and the circle pad, and depending on how well you do, you can then unlock what's called core training. Through uh, collecting basically punching bags for the Pokemon, or, and then <laughs> or like uh, training bags is how Nintendo yeah, referring to cool that. that a mini game can actually influence the stats for yeah. once. And then the training bags, um, the Pokemon can automatically do those. You don't have to touch it, but if you choose, you can use the touch screen to further enhance their stats as they core train. So that's that. Um, I don't know how deep this goes. I don't know if it involves leveling, but it's nice. Like you said, it's nice to see them like. You know, making the mini games a bit more worthwhile, and it does kind of address an issue we talked about a year ago, about thereabout when talking about Pokemon Black and White Two in episode twenty-seven. The theme of the episode is called the episode is called Pocket Monster Problems, and the theme of it was basically why we didn't buy those games. And as you probably remember, Jose, it was essentially we were complaining that the grinding of having a constant level of Pokemon got tiring, the formula got tiring, it's just too much of the same thing. This super training combined with all the other stuff they're doing. At least to me, is making me a little more interested again. Uh, well, I mean, like it's nice that they're addressing concerns. Well, the like problem ours. for me wasn't like so much the grinding, just like just trying to get to the max stat faster. That would I'm, be grinding. No, that's how you get there. By no, no, that's how I want <laughs> to get. Oh, that's how I want to get to it faster. This probably won't make it. Oh, faster. I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I mean, well, yeah. it's just a different way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Like, I don't know if it'll replace EV training. But... Yeah, no, I don't think it will. I mean, this sounds kind of gimmicky. The super training, but between this and like Pokemon and me and I mean, the Mega it, Evolutions, I mean, and I'm, I'm willing to bet like when it comes down to it, like once people beat the game and they just want to make perfect Pokemon, it's still going to come down to giving them vitamins and finding yeah. specific Pokemon. And I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, they, but, they have to change like the way the Pokemon are programmed completely for it to actually change. At least it's diversifying things, though. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah. and people like us have been complaining for a while that like you know it's too much of the same thing, and they're really going like all yeah. out in terms of just the sheer amount of stuff they're adding. 
Yeah, but that's just because I played it competitively, and that's right. And that's way different than how the average person. Would oh yeah, play I never. It. Yeah, like in my case, I just played it to play. Like I didn't. Like, yeah, so I mean, that way I could see it being like, oh, I mean, you have way more things to do besides just yeah. battle. Right? Yeah, and so yeah, I'm actually really excited about the Pokemon Ami mode. It's literally like the Pokemon Pikachu reborn combined with Nintendo Dogs. Speaking of which, actually, I swear this wasn't a planned like plug, but I just thought of it. I wrote an extra on the site the other <laughs> you've been, day. You've been busy. You've yeah, been I know. I wrote an extra on the site the other day. Uh, Pokemon Pikachu, a true pocket monster is what it's called. And it's basically a look at the Pokemon Pikachu. So it's this awesome little Tamagotchi-style virtual pet. There's a black and white screened one and then a successor that hooked up with gold and silver versions. Photos, descriptions, and a look at how they literally you can trace their lineage into the Pokewalker and into Pokemon X and Y. So if you're curious about that, it's on the site. Uh, definitely check it out. It was I did a cool... I had a fun little photo shoot I did. You guys find it to be kind of cheesy, but... One day during lunch, I was just like, I'm going to go take some photos of these things, and there's a park nearby, so I, like, set them up. It's like, the po- the Pikachus are in the wild type of deal. But, yeah, so if nothing else, go look at those photos. You had both little Pikachu things? I brought work? them to... I brought them with me thinking, if I have time during lunch, I'm going to swing um, by the park across the street and take some photos of them. So it was planned. It was planned to do <laughs> it, but the... I didn't think of it until I saw the park one day when I was sitting at my desk, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm about to write an article about Pokemon Pikachu. Why don't I just take him to the park and do it there? So the next day I brought him and did it. So it's kind of spontaneous as it could be. Like, you know, I had to go get him. Convenient but. yellow leaves. Yeah, that was so weird. So there were yellow leaves in the park that literally are the same shade of yellow as the Pokemon, as the original Pokemon Pikachu. Like, what are the odds? It's like clearly a sign that this was supposed to happen. Or so he says. Coincidence. Yeah, I didn't bring my own bag of leaves. <laughs> I can guarantee you, I did not bring my own bag of leaves. But yeah, um, one final going back to so yeah, check out that article. I like it because I wrote it. Um, one final game announcement back to news here on the podcast that's worth mentioning. And this one, I'm always bringing this up because two out of three people sitting around this microphone are diehard <laughs> Monster Hunter fans, and that would be you guys. So it's probably worth mentioning that Monster Hunter Frontier G is coming to Wii U, as well as PS3 in Japan. And it is a full-fledged, online-only, MMORPG, free-to-play, sort of. And... I don't know, what do you guys think of the thought of that? An online-only MMO version of Monster Hunter. I don't know, I kind of looked into it when it was still on Xbox before this announcement. Yeah. I don't know, it looked like it could be fun. I mean, it's just the... You're just hunting, which is just what Yeah, it's, it's just the hunting. Kind of getting the story out of the way. Yeah, it's, it has no story, from my understanding. It's yeah, literally it's just, just go hunt. But yeah, like you said, it was on Xbox 360 for a few years. It was also on PC for a few years. But they're, uh, So they're bringing it to Wii U 3DS now. It's essentially the same idea. How, 3DS? Or, sorry, Wii U and I mean, it might not PS3. come here, but <laughs> sorry. I I'd rather just wait Thank for you. Monster Hunter 4 if it were. Yeah, this out. is more of a spin-off than a true game. But, I mean, and the thing it's is... It's free to play. So well, it is and it isn't. That's the catch. Yeah. So here's how it works. Uh, you can download the client, like the actual game, for free. But to do anything, you need to buy <laughs> a Hunter Life course, which you pay for Good. on a monthly basis. I think it's 1400 yen. Um, then, of course, they have real money charges in the game. If you want items and stuff, you can buy them. Because it's, you know, free to play. Sort of. <laughs> That's and, how free to play games work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But one thing they're doing for the Wii U version and the PS3 version that they didn't do previously is they're selling a beginner package. Where you get two free months of the game and a bunch of free items and a bunch of free like costume editions. So you're basically buying like a game, but then after two months you have to buy it again. 
So, okay. I don't know. I think... Uh, it's cool, but I mean... Yeah. There's Monster Hunter 4 coming out. We might as well just wait. Exactly. This is clearly just like Capcom wants more money. They might as well do this. And people are going to buy it. Yeah, it. people will. I mean, Monster Hunter is huge in Japan. It, yeah. So, the Wii U one, the 3 Ultimate did well. For yeah, Wii U and I'm sure Monster Hunter 4 will have a fine online mode. So yeah. It won't even be... Yeah. Although, one thing that's nice about Frontier G, which I'm sure will be true if we ever see 4 make the leap to Wii U, because right now it's only 3DS, but um, the Wii U version of, Mo of Frontier G is actually going to use the gamepad just like Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate for off-TV play, but it's also going to have chat function built in. So how it works is if you press uh, the ZL and ZR button simultaneously, a whole chat window will appear, and you can type on the touchscreen, oh. or you can just <laughs> hook up a keyboard and view the chat on the gamepad, have your keyboard, and then have the game on the TV and kind of multitask. Well, Which sounds a little intense, but uh, I forgot yeah. the DS had voice chat. So weird. The 3DS? No, the DS. Oh yeah, the DS does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Metro Prime Hires was the first to use it. Yeah, I'm mostly. They even sold a headset uh, through uh, Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon had it. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, and it, and it had <laughs> it had a headset that you could buy, or you could just talk to the system. But yeah, it was. I thought it was cool. The voice chat right? in the voice chat in DS games. Oh yeah, it was, no, yeah definitely. It was, it was weird because it was like a like, this could do it. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool. Um, yeah, so that's it for game announcements. One other thing we're talking about for sure, though, is we have Nintendo's financials and we use sales. Is it so sales it's corner? a it's a Jason Sales Corner special special fiftieth episode edition where it, there's no actual like NPD numbers or anything, but Nintendo released their own numbers for uh, the first quarter of their current twenty thirteen fiscal year, April through June. So the reason I gave all those qualifications is because it kinda matters. So let's start with the bad news, and this is the thing that everyone was talking about when the news broke. And that's the pretty abysmal Wii U sales numbers. So if you've been listening to us for a while or just, you know, keeping tabs on Wii U's progress in general, it's no secret the system sales are low. Mm. Not at all. But I'm not sure if anyone expected them to be quite this slow. 160,000 units were sold from April to June worldwide. Now, uh, that's in total. 160,000, three months around the world. To give some perspective, the Wii, in that same time frame, sold 210,000 units. And the Xbox 360 sold 140,000 units. That's 20,000 less than the Wii U. In the month of June alone, in the United States alone... The ancient Xbox 360. So, not good, Nintendo. Not good at all. The breakdown's even worse. Uh, 90,000 Wii U's were sold in Japan from April through the end of June. 60,000 were sold in North America April through the end of June. Once again, versus 140,000 Xboxes last month alone. <laughs> and, um, and in Europe and Australia, the Wii U managed to move a whopping 10,000 units in three months across an entire continent. Wow. and a self-dependent island south of it, which is also its own continent. <laughs> That's pretty pathetic. <laughs> In fact, European sales are so bad that some stores are actually stopping selling the system. They're not carrying it anymore. Interestingly, in Europe, in, in the UK, supermarkets sell video games. It's so like, you know, you can go to Vons and buy a Wii <laughs> with your ham or whatever. But like um, Sam's Club. Yeah, it's like Sam's Club, exactly. So one supermarket chain, also like Sam's Club in a way, uh, this chain is called Asda. It's owned by Walmart, just like Sam's Club is. And they have taken the system off shelves, the Wii U off shelves. They're not selling games anymore. The only way you can get it through this company is using their Asda Direct website. <laughs> and they will mail you what you want or deliver it to the store. 
basically only people that want it can get it. They're not going to just display it because they need this, the shelf space for things that, you know, sell. <laughs> so um, the company claims it still has a good relationship with Nintendo. They claim they're still going to have the 3DS and whatnot. They just can't justify selling the Wii U, which is kind of understandable. And one of their competitors over there called Morrison's uh, is doing the exact same thing. They're pulling the Wii U off shelves uh, of their stores. Good news is that all the specialty shops, all the GameStop equivalents over there are still going to sell Wii U. But seriously, you know you have a problem if stores are like, nope, I'm out, and just like <laughs> back away from the system. Actually, you know you have a problem when you find out you've sold 10,000 systems over three months on two giant continents. Well, one giant continent and one kangaroo-infested continent. But <laughs> you got a real kangaroo problem over here. <laughs> Kangaroos are koalas ruling everything. But, um... Yeah, that's not good. That's really not good for the Wii U. And, and I mean, if you look at the Wii U on a worldwide scale, since it launched in November, it sold 3.61 million units as at the end of June, which pretty much, you could argue, means that Nintendo blew their year head start over PS4 and Xbox One. 3.61 million, yeah, that's 3.61 million, but in the grand scheme of things... They could have had a huge head start, and it's just kind of like, whatever. Like, Xbox One and PS4 could probably sell that in six months after the launch or something. Yeah, or like a <laughs> week, yeah. But, launch um, day. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, even the, the Wii U's even... Probably won't happen. But... No, of course not. They can't make that many. But the Wii U's <laughs> even uh, 200,000 fewer sold than what the GameCube sold at this point in its life worldwide. The GameCube. You know, the one that everyone's like, that's the closest thing Nintendo's had to a failure outside Virtual Boy. It was 200000 ahead. It was about what... Everyone loved the GameCube. Yeah, but sales-wise, no one loved it. And no one loved it at the time. It didn't sell that great. It sold around the same as Xbox One, but neither of them were that impressive compared to PS2. Did it do well when, when those commercials were airing? Like, whoa, oh, can't you for only 99 bucks? It, it helped. I, it probably helped, but overall, the system always sold into 20 million. 3DS has already outsold it. Um, but yeah, it's 200000 behind GameCube, the Wii U. The successor to the most successful Nintendo console ever is now 200,000 behind the hmm. Wii U. So, you know, it's clear that... It's uh, the one in HD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the one that comes with a tablet, even though you already have an iPad. But, um... I don't have an iPad. Many people. I meant many people. It wasn't you personally. It was a general statement. Do you have an iPad? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an iPad? No, <laughs> I have an iPad. That's the point. Software-wise, I'm getting this back on track quickly. <laughs> Software-wise, uh, game sales weren't that great either. It sold 1.03 million games total, all games, between April and June, which is also quite low. I mean, Animal Crossing sold half a million in a week. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the software sales, I mean, they actually give a reason, all these sales give a pretty reasonable reason for why third parties are so eh about the Wii U right now and so, like, hasn't to do anything. Because, you know, there's there's simply not an audience. I mean, I think this shows, if, it, if you only sell 160,000 units, your audience basically hasn't changed since end of March. Like, that's not good. And I mean, we're already starting to see the effects of that. You know, companies dropping the system, and now even games are coming to the system are missing features because they can't justify it. Like, Warner Brothers Games confirmed that uh, Batman Arkham Origins for Wii U won't have multiplayer. PS3, PS3 and 360 versions going to have online multiplayer. It's like a third-person shooter thing. But the Wii U one won't because literally they said the reason was there's no multiplayer audience <laughs> that's worth spending the money for. 
Like it makes well, that's because their game hasn't come out yet. To oh, it. that's a good point. You should tell them that now. It's a, <laughs> but I mean, it, it makes sense. I Obviously, mean, Ken is waiting to play multiplayer. Yeah, poor Ken. Poor Ken. He just got to go back to Angry Birds Trilogy for a while. Yeah. That's a callback to a couple episodes ago for those who listen regularly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the last one you were on. But the Animal Crossing episode, episode forty-seven. Right. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, I know these things. <laughs> but but no, I mean the thing with Batman Arkham Origins is it does make sense, like from their perspective. It, you know, why would they? Why would they spend the money to do that? When if you look at Black Ops Two when it came out, if you look at Man when it came out, the online numbers were very, very, very low. And given how little the Wii U has sold since then, how can you justify? Well, now it's different. Now the online numbers will be better. No, they won't. <laughs> Not until like a lot more. people How start are Monster Hunter system. online numbers? I have no idea, to be honest. Never, it could be decent. There's always people online every time we go on. Well, yeah, there's always people online for Madden, but the people were 20 <laughs> no, no. of them. <laughs> oh, well, no, definitely. Yeah, no, no, I'm there's, sure. There's thousands, usually. Well, they have the advantage of uh, Monster Hunter was kind of a Nintendo exclusive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Nintendo fans are more likely to latch on than, say, a multi-platform Batman game or a multi-platform Call of Duty. But, it, you know, it it sucks, but it makes sense why like we're not seeing Batman have multiplayer and that sort of thing. And that's because software sales are so low and hardware sales are so low. And, of course, Nintendo hopes that all is going to change. We've talked about it many times on the show, but they have their lineup of games and they're planning that every month they'll have a new game and that'll lead to better sales as they ramp up the franchises with Pikmin, One for One One, Zelda, Mario, Donkey Kong. I was going to bring Batman on PS3 anyway, so... There you go. You're part of the pro solution for Warner Brothers, problem for Nintendo. <laughs> but uh, the... What I was going to say, though, is Nintendo's still hoping that the rapid-fire games are going to help. They're not dropping... They're not lowering their sales estimate. They still think that by next March, the Wii U's going to have sold 9 million worldwide since launch. Whoa. Yeah, that means it's going to have to sell 5.4 million consoles between now and March. End of March. Good luck. At the current pace... No, we, no we, way. We should all buy another one just to help Yeah, we out. should all buy like six. <laughs> if we all buy six, they'll be still having to sell a couple million. <laughs> but no, it's uh, you know, it's one of those things that sounds crazy right now, but if Nintendo's plan pans out, who knows, maybe it will work. So, the Wii U obviously was a bummer, but there was good news in that same Nintendo financial report as well, and that is that Nintendo has be, has returned to profitability. Profitability. They are making money again after their first lack of profits. Yes, let's give them a round of applause. After their first lack of profits uh, recently in 2012. So the company brought in 8.62 billion yen, which is approximately $88.2 million, which is not huge for a major company like them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, they're making money. Obviously, their revenue is higher, but they're making money. That's what matters. About the money. It's all about the money. <laughs> so um, this is driven clearly not by Wii U because they're still losing money on that. So it's actually driven in large part by 3DS. 3DS. Yeah. So um, what else would you have guessed? <laughs> oh, clearly it's driven by uh, auctions of the original Game Boy Light, the e-cards. Japan-only uh, e-cards. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, yeah, the software sales for 3DS were up 10% year over year. So this April through June versus last, while hardware was up 12%. So not huge gains, but steady gains. And um, over this past quarter, April, June, they managed to move 1.4 million 3DS systems, 640,000 in Japan, 400,000 in Europe, and North America trailed behind with 360,000, which is not great, but it's an improvement. So there's that. In fact, uh, it's it's weird because the 3DS has been the top-selling system in North America in May and June, console and uh, handheld. Like, it was number one for two months in a row. Yet it's still the weakest selling of the three regions. So I don't know what that says about our industry, but 
it does show that like it's still underperforming compared to how they like Japan is how they want it to perform everywhere with you know 600,000 units we're getting about half of that so Nintendo still has a ways to go but they are attributing the success thus far to Animal Crossing New Leaf Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon uh, in fact as of June 30th which was the last day of the, the quarter that Nintendo put out numbers for New Leaf managed to ship over 5 million copies worldwide that's physical and digital eShop downloads. So 1.19 million of those, over a million, were in North America and Europe during that launch month of June. So in those three and a half, three, three and a half weeks, between the two regions, it passed a million already, which is pretty good for a game that started out very, very neat. <laughs> uh, and Luigi's Mansion, you know, that's chugging along. It's at 2.65 million worldwide since it launched in March. That's digital and physical combined. In all, Nintendo managed to move 11 million 3DS games in just the April to June period, which is pretty good. Uh, it's, and even then their bottom line, not just the game sign, but the bottom line is being driven by like their digital initiatives, like the Street Pass Plaza games. It, uh, they managed to sell, that DLC managed to bring in $4 million in a single month. And they didn't promote it. That's the crazy thing. They did not even like promote it besides social media advertising. Like they put it on social media, put it on their website, and then just kind of let it go out there. And it was word of mouth well, and just, it? like, people checking spot pass notifications and stuff that led to $4 million in a it's month. kind of no way. I mean, if you have it 30 ways, there's no way you won't know about it. Yeah. That's yeah, so they didn't even need to promote it. Yeah, you have exactly. 3DS. Yeah. You're going to get the update regardless. Yeah, and that was kind of, uh, that was kind of the be philosophy kind of to promote it. out, like, oh, go buy a 3DS for this Well, it's funny, feature. in Japan, since this month came to, like, after they said in this first month it sold that much, they actually um, put out a commercial in Japan for Warrior's Way, promoting mm-hmm. all four mm-hmm. of the games. But, yeah, in an interview, uh, Satoru Iwata was saying that he's Nintendo Gold president, as we all know. He was saying that, <laughs> uh, as everybody knows, uh, he was saying that part of the success of this isn't just they pushed it to every, you know, every 3DS, but the word of mouth of it was good. People were talking about it on social media. People were, you know, telling their friends. And that, he also thinks, is why Animal Crossing's doing so well. Yeah, yeah, people were listening to us. So many people were listening to us. <laughs> we are responsible for 3.85 of that 4 million. That that's all us. So Nintendo, you're welcome, and we will be happy to do it again. We just want to cut this time. We'll take we'll take a million of the four million. But no, um, seriously though, as I say, he was saying the same thing for Animal Crossing. Like the reason sales, it sold a million in the first month, and then it's still selling super well. And the reason for it is, in his mind, the social media word of mouth. Like people are posting about it all the time. I've seen it trending on Twitter on multiple occasions, like nationwide trending, not like my you know not the personalized trending. So it's, you know, Nintendo's really figuring out how to harness social media, and it's working for them. They're making money. And yet they still wanted that YouTube thing. That yeah, they they backed off that. Mm-hmm. The whole uh, the whole putting ads on other people's Nintendo YouTube videos. Yeah, they backed off because they realized they it wasn't <laughs> it was not good PR. <laughs> so, but yeah, between just looking more broadly at Nintendo's financials, between the Wii U's failing sales and 3DS being successful but not as successful as it could be. What does that kind of mean for Nintendo as a whole? That's like the big question. And IGN actually put together a really good article, and we have a link available to it on the blog post for this episode, which once again is go forth, my Pikmin, if you're looking for it on the site. Um, it, this article paints a pretty accurate, I'd say, not typical uh, Nintendo's Doom style report of what's going on with Nintendo, what the failures or successes will mean going forward. And, you know, they, they really point out that one the Wii U can turn around like the 3DS did 3DS was doing horribly at first and then it spun around and now look at it and two even if the Wii U didn't do well even if hypothetically the Wii U completely bombed and they're just like mm, we'll just sell it to the diehard fans that want it 
will sell 160,000. It'll be a hardcore system and only make hardcore games for, for the next for, five years. Yeah, exactly. And like only 160,000 people will buy it every three months, but it will have those 160,000 people. Like even if they did that, Nintendo would be fine. Because it turns out Nintendo has $5 billion in the bank. In cash, ready to use. They're in short-term uh, investments like bonds and whatnot, so they can grab the money when they need it, and they're fine. Like, even in their worst systems, like when, in terms of sales, GameCube, N64, they still make profits off both those. And the Wii U is going to become a profitable system probably within a year, if not way sooner. So if they can make a profit off their stuff Doesn't for really consoles matter. and then have the hand, yeah, and have the handheld division still making money and have $5 billion in the bank... They can ride out the Wii U Storm and Nintendo as a company, as a single unit, as a game hardware maker and game software maker can live on and they don't have to go third party, they don't have to make mobile apps, they have money. <laughs> the question is, how long can they sustain themselves with that money? But if portables keep selling and if the Wii U does turn around, then it's a non-issue. And even if the Wii U, does, Wii U doesn't turn around, they can still float by on the portables and take another stab at it with the next console and resolve the issue then. So that's essentially what... IGN was saying, I, com- I completely agree. I think I think people are overreacting. Like, yes, Wii U situation sucks. Yes, the console might not do well, but Nintendo as a company is oh, fine. Yeah. They're the second biggest company in Japan, or at least they were a year ago, only behind Toyota. So that actually, <laughs> no, you know what? You know what? You know what? I'm wrong. I take that back. That was at the peak of the Wii. My mistake. At the peak of the Wii in 2007 or eight, they were number two in Japan behind Toyota. No, they've right dropped. Probably, they're probably in the top twenty now, but I'm sure Sony's back up there or something. So. Yeah, it's uh, that's pretty much what's going on with Nintendo's financials. That's pretty much what's going on with Nintendo news. That's what's up with Nintendo. Onward to what we're playing. Pikmin 3, Earthbound. I guess we should start with the namesake of the episode, which is Pikmin 3. Um, you guys have played it a lot more than I have. We beat it. Yeah, you two have beaten <laughs> it. You got platinum on everything, You right? In mission mode. Except the final, final boss, but that's just because... We started it today. Right. And, and you did okay. story mode. And we've all played Bingo Battle. Yep. yep. So. Because we'll, we'll just start in order. We'll just start with story mode. Yeah, let's just go through the three modes. Um, I was going to say. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess I guess we should do like the pros and cons of sorts. Because Pikmin 3, while a great game, you guys did have some issue with it. It's funny because you said like, oh, we played a lot of it. But I guess one issue with it is that you don't need a lot of time to beat it. <laughs> Right. So I guess short. I haven't really played much of it, and I, yeah, I already still 100%ed it. <laughs> I came in, I came into Pikmin three knowing it was going to be a short game, but right. then in the back of my head, I was like, I always have 100% to do. Yeah. And no, that was that was just added like one more hour to it. But yeah, yeah it's uh, it's a. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm still pretty. I'll be honest, I'm still pretty early in the game. But so I'm not at the point where I'm like, <laughs> man, this ended way too fast. Uh, but average people finish around day 30. Okay. Give you an idea. Yeah, yeah, and it's about seven and, and, hours. And I and I wasted a few days just getting food and not doing with my objectives. Right. So, um, so with the with the issue with Lent, does it like at least conclude the story mode, like build nicely and then conclude, or is it just kind of like honestly, like the the, 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 the the story that was like one of the problems that like all of a sudden I were kind of like oh, okay, like it's really short, but at least it has a story going for it. Like like Pikmin one barely had a story, Pikmin two had a plot yeah and Pikmin 3 like oh it's actually getting deeper and it has all these things going. but then I like, do really like but then when you get to the end it's like oh it didn't even wrap up some things like it kind of just it ended. really just ended that's weird yeah I do really like though at least at the part of the story I'm at that the, the like the three captains each have a personality they interact with each other they kind of make jokes yeah, about each actually other like all if the you, three captains yeah <laughs> if you do the check in like on the spaceship in between each day you can choose um 
to check in with them by hitting the minus button and have like little like banter back and forth and just stuff like that it has a lot more personality than the older Pikmin. Oh yeah, like like those are things they definitely improved upon. Like also graphics, obviously. Oh, the game looks gorgeous at times. Uh, like, I know your favorite feature is the camera. Yeah, no, the camera. Okay, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe we should really quick just run through some of the gameplay features. Yeah, so the, the game, camera. Gameplay overall, I would say overall improvement. I mean, the only thing I, I would well, say I mean, it's great it... was the maneuvering the Pikmin individually. Yeah, they changed that, but um, yeah, because right. how it used to be, you had a GameCube controller, so you, the C stick let you kind of charge them around, like you could swing them around the captain, and then whatever they swing into, they'll deal with. What about the, the little sound effect? Of, like, yeah, the little charging. marching. What about the Wii? The Wii make for the Wii. Uh, oh, the it? new play control yeah, version. I think they took it out. Yeah, yeah and now this one, if you use this one, falls in the footsteps. No matter what control scheme you use, because Pikmin Three, you can do the gamepad, you can do Wiimote uh, nunchuck, you can do Pro Controller. No matter what you choose, the, the right stick will not. Yeah, it just does camera. Like I, yeah. I tried playing with it. It's camera on the normal controllers on the Wii U on the with the Wii remote. The pointer is independent. It's, it's this is the only option where the pointer is independent of movement. So you move with the stick you point with the obviously with Wiimote. the Wiimote that's my favorite control scheme of the bunch oh, but, yeah. but yeah I do miss the charge I actually went in going like oh, I'm probably not going to like the Wiimote one and then once I started <laughs> it Wiimote it just works yeah. so well yeah. but yeah and it's really cool because like uh, you have the Wiimote and you have the nunchuck and you're you know, and you have that going on, and then you have the gamepad to the side of you with the map, and it, whenever you need something, you can just kind of turn and interact. It's like it, it really feels like I know we you have, have a little setup, device, like just, like playing, like, just having it like on top of a pillow, like in perfect yeah. view, and, and it's just cool um, to have like it almost like ingrains you deeper in the game because it's like in the game they have the copad, the copad or whatever, which is like a fake yeah, yeah, gamepad. Yeah. But like when you're when something happens on the gamepad, they'll show it on the TV, but it's within the little tablet on the TV, like a little mini image. But then if you look at the gamepad next to you, there it is in all its glory. There's your call coming in from your fellow captain. There's your mission log, your, like, Pikmin log, your mission map, you know, your fruit log. Yeah, it's like the real tablet. It kind of, like, makes you feel like you're more in the game because it's like you have the device with you. And just, like, having it at the side and, like, turning to it and being like, oh, I need to do this. put it up to the TV, it looks weird. Yeah. You see his hand and then you see your hands holding the tablet. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. But no, I, I actually really like how they did the gamepad integration. I mean, yeah, you could do off-TV play on there or whatever, but I really like how, like, it's literally a secondary device that feels like its own little independent computer. Like, when you, if you touch the map, it'll pause the game, and they can interact with things to give you logs. Like, even just when they add features to it in the beginning of the game, they have, like, installing icons and yeah. stuff, so it's like you have a computer. No, the, the UI overall, I think, is also, like, vastly improved, and just, yeah. like, how you have all the Pikmin in one, in one onion. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, that's a huge plus, yeah. I mean, it didn't take, like, the way I was thinking, it doesn't take that long to go to each onion, but I guess, like, I don't know, I think it's cool it's that effect they do. It's way quicker now. Yeah, and the, the like, uh... The lava lamp effect. Yeah, it looks really good. I don't know if some people were, uh, not liking, or some people were nitpicking about the whole using the map, I guess, to look the, to send other captains. Like, it takes away from the story, or I guess. From the story? Or I guess, like, from the game, from the feel uh, of the gameplay. Like, because you have to get out of it. Oh, yeah, that, use the map. that's... But for the most part, like, I really enjoyed using the map. And yeah, using the yeah. get over here feature for the... Yeah, I it, think... it almost seemed like, well, how could I, like, play without it now? Right, yeah. I mean, especially because you have three captains. Before, like, it would just be, like, Louis Olimar, like, that's it. But now that you have the third person, like, okay, I'm gonna have this person. Usually, I would want them to go back uh-huh. to pick up Pikmin that took off just because they won't come back. And then, I mean, then you have your other two captains to worry about, but... Yeah, I think oh, I think the complaint that people have with the get like the move them over here, they just the touch where they want to go. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it's that. I think they are worried it's too much of an RTS now because Pikmin has always been a real time strategy game, masked as an action game where you have direct control over the character. 
But by having the gamepad, where you can actually tell a unit, the, the <laughs> captain has Pikmin go here and have them go automatically, it morphs into more of a real, real-time oh. strategy game. I mean, and some even, people even, crazily don't like oh. that. I, I don't know. <laughs> they still have to fight. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they literally can't do anything but walk. Oh, I know, I know. So, no, I know, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. mean, people that are assuming that without actually playing it, should put those they should, fears, they, they should put those fears to rest. I mean, yeah, you... It feels cool. It's only like multitasking. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's super doing cool. everything so much. And you can switch between captains on the fly with the mm-hmm. minus button, which is very really nice. For some reason, it felt kind of cool. Like, when I was, like, walking under a bridge, and I would see like, one of my captains walking over the bridge, yeah. like, going things. Like, you know. You're controlling everything. Yeah, you, you <laughs> are a Pikmin god. But uh, <laughs> have someone else, like, worry about a bridge. I mean, yeah. breaking down a wall. Oh, it is yeah. worth mentioning. It's actually going back to our previous conversation about controls. It is worth mentioning that there is a charge attack of sorts. If you're using the Wiimote nunchuck, you can lock on to a uh, thing you want to pick me to deal with and shake the nunchuck to charge him at it. But I'm sorry, it's just not as good as the old C-stick. I mean, yeah, the only other alternative is just shaking your nunchuck when you're near something, and the Pikmin that are near it will just go do it anyway. Yeah, and then the other but ones just kind of Yeah, but by default, you're, like, releasing all your Pikmin, so... Yeah. I mean, it does help, like, when you destroy uh, walls. Mm-hmm. Instead of throwing every single Pikmin you have, you can just... Oh, yeah, that's when I use it. I use it on walls, yeah. And, and while you guys think of the new Pikmin, so there's Rock and there's Flying, who replace Purple and White in story mode, even though it they're in the other mode. mode. Yeah. What do you think? I think, honestly, I'm, Rock Pikmin are kind of cool. Like, they're like, I grew into them. Like, when they first yeah. revealed them, I'm like, they look, they look, They look, like, dorky, but they're actually kind of cool. Yeah, like, 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 I'd rather have Purple Pikmin. I'd still rather have Purple Pikmin. But you can't throw them into crystal walls and have a cool shattering effect. Well, happen. yeah, but that's because they... Created rock. I know. I know. <laughs> no, but I like the crystal walls. I think those look cool. No, I mean, that's, I think they're fine, but yeah. I still wish. Uh, yeah, they made a gimmick throughout for the whole game. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. The flying Pikmin are. And it, it's, it's again just like a. It, it, they changed it because they could. I know, it, it adds thing. another thing to like, it oh, I'd, I'd rather send my flying Pikmin to go take back certain objects because they can fly and they could cross over things and yeah, they're also higher pits. up, so other enemies, lower yeah. enemies. Those actually them. seem like they affect strategy more than the rock Pikmin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Rock Pikmin, I don't know, they have a lot of good uses just because like, they don't latch onto enemies so you don't have to worry about them. And when you hit a major enemy, they hit harder. Yeah, and they're also damage. like immune to certain enemies. That yeah, get, yeah. It comes in really handy at, later. Any enemy that has like a spear-like attack can't penetrate the rock. Right, so. yeah. 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 But yeah, we were going to say, oh yeah, uh, the other thing that you guys touched on, you said I love camera mode, I do need to talk about camera mode. So one of the cool things... Like we said, the game looks gorgeous. Like, the water effects look really good. The lighting's really good. Especially if you go into camera mode. The Pikmin themselves actually look really not good. They're very <laughs> basic. Like, I mean, they look better than, say, Pikmin on GameCube. But they're still very... They have no, like, texture to them. They're just like, here's a red blob, and here's a yellow one. And look, the yellow one has big ears, and the red one has a nose. But they're both just kind of blobs. But anyway, um, I mean, I understand why Nintendo did. They have a hundred of them individually animated. They can't be too detailed. Even then, like, I remember we saw a trailer for the first Pikmin yeah. a year ago. I mean, a day ago. And it looked like they were still programming the game. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. It's so weird. No, it's a huge improvement. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it's a huge improvement. It's just weird because the world looks gorgeous. The textures look good. The wire looks good. The lines. The amazing. ground textures don't look that good. Actually. No, some of the ground textures yeah, don't. Yeah. And some of the fruit look kind of funky. Like when you look at them really up close with the camera. But overall, it's a very pretty game when it it's at when it's at its best. It I it looks like the yeah. best of any game. It, 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 if, mm-hmm. But but it's just like the game would have been perfect if it went through the ground textures. The ground textures kind of bothered me a little. Only maybe. some of them. Some of them look really good. The sand looks good. Yeah, almost anything that has grass. Yeah, the grass is kind of weird because it's grass clearly and wood flat. and rock. Like it yeah. just looks kind of fuzzy, and it looks like just a t- like wallpaper. Yeah, a little. <laughs> but I mean, clearly the game was upgraded from Wii to, oh, yeah. to Wii U. Like you yeah, could yeah. tell it's an upgrade and not a full game. But 
What I was going to say is you don't really, like, the game looks good, but you really appreciate it on a different level when you are in that camera mode. Because you can, like, how it works is the gamepad becomes your viewfinder, and you move it, like, Wii Street U style, where you're in, the, like, a 3D sphere and surround you. Kind the of captain's deal. perspective. Yes, yeah, captain's perspective. So you can see the Pikmin and whatnot. But it's cool because, like, if you point it towards certain things, the lighting will get interesting. Like, I posted a cool Miiverse photo of, like, the sun setting at the end of the first day. And it was, like, saying behind the Pikmin onion in your ship, and it's just, like, the lighting on it looks super good. And, like, had lens flare going and everything. Like, it's just a cool little feature in it. You know, it's a good fit for Miiverse, which already is very image-heavy. It's just kind of a clever way to get people to share more of their Pikmin experience on Miiverse and just being like, I beat a ball board, look at me go, or something like that. Which a lot of people still post. Which a lot of people still post. Yeah, there's so many people that just post, like, look, guys, here's a picture of my Pikmin. It's like, yeah, we all have Pikmin. (laughs) Like, at least, I'll be honest, I posted a picture of my Pikmin, but when I did, it was them raining down from from a dark sky. Like, that doesn't happen often. It is a water geyser shooting him in the air so I spun around and oh. yeah so, I, so it's in a cave so all you see is darkness like it's just a black background because I'm pointing up at the sky which is dark and then the Pikmin are like the yellow Pikmin are like falling down on me this took like forever to set up the photo <laughs> I, I literally did it like 20 times but yeah and they're falling on me so it just looks like there's Pikmin floating in space or something so you can get creative with it but so many people are just like here's my crop of Pikmin it's like yep <laughs> yep I had that too thanks but and the feature is cool that really cool like the zoom in yeah and the it has a like, flash it has a yeah touch the flash to focus. is really cool yeah and the, the tap focus is yeah really the cool. tap to focus oh, is just like a smartphone which yeah is that's nice. a, <laughs> oh, there was a cool picture I saw was take there was like an explosion like behind yeah me. like the red pigment is like hilarious you should post on Miiverse <laughs> I will you should you will you for my odds real friends to see well you just made your account <laughs> that makes sense but no it's uh yeah the camera mode like you I didn't think. I would, like, I thought I'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool, but I've been, like, using it a ton. I'd say I'm, part of the reason I'm not as far in Pikmin as I'd like to be is because I've been just messing with the camera. I think I've spent an hour just with the camera. And even then, I've only posted two photos to Miiverse, because I'm like, oh, these aren't that good. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm the type of guy that, like, Instagrams everything, so this is, like, in-game Instagram without filters, basically. Yeah. So. I remember every picture I took, I couldn't really get the focus thing to work. Yeah, Until, it's, I, it's, until it's, I got, like... Pikmin on this side and then like a tree all the way in the background. Yeah, it's a, on the tree like pfft, Yeah, it's a, it's it's a depth of field HD. technique, yeah. It's yeah. depth of field. And then the Pikmin in front are all blurry. I, yeah, I will so say cool. though, while I diss the Pikmin's textures themselves, the leaves on their head look really good. They look like leaves. <laughs> yeah, like actually yeah, they look like H D leaves. <laughs> they look like leaves. <laughs> they look like leaves. Good job, Natal. But yeah, so story mode, you guys are complaining it's too short. I don't know, like um and ten really, it was ten hours easy. like I don't know, 100% to perfect it. That's well, I think part of that might be because Nintendo... I mean, 10 hours, about. I think uh, Pikmin part of it... 2 was like two, 20 to 30 hours. Yeah, Pikmin 2 is more fleshed out, for sure. But I wonder yeah, if part yeah. of it, part of the reason it felt so easy is because Nintendo was always kept saying, like, it's as challenging as you want it to be, Pikmin 3. Like, it's more frantic in the sense <laughs> that there's day limit still. But you can make it more challenging if you want to like if you want to not kill any Pikmin or if you want to well even then like it's still that, I, I'm saying that's oh. I think Nintendo's philosophy I'm not saying that's how you should do it I'm just saying I think that's why you might find it easy because Nintendo's trying to balance the two and maybe yeah, they just how, didn't strike that balance you can make it so like anyone can play it yeah no, like, that, Pikmin no, 2 is like really no definitely like, the, the whole game overall to me like, felt like they tried to make it as accessible to everybody yeah like, Pikmin 2 definitely felt more... Pikmin 2 is more advanced, for sure. Yeah, it definitely felt more... I mean, like, there's cult. some... Cult, cult. There's... Cult. Pikmin mm-hmm. 2 overall... Uh, oh. Like, only like, like certain people like Like it. a cult following? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Pik- well, Pikmin 2 did pretty well for itself. But Pikmin as a franchise is pretty, like, cult classic. Yeah. Even though they're marketing, like, oh, it's a big game. Yeah. Pikmin, this, <laughs> like, Pikmin 2 overall had way more enemy diversity. 
But it also had a, like way more enemies that could kill you like in one or two hits. Right. Like, they, well, they mainly had explosions. And Pikmin 3, I didn't really see that many enemies that could like take you out like that. And there were some enemies that returned that were pretty dangerous. Like, there's like this bullboard. They're like the, I don't even know how to describe them. Two-legged walking blob with giant eyes. They're, you know what they are? They're, uh, they're like the <laughs> head of a mushroom with legs. And like slug eyes. Well, yeah. Give people some weird images. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Head of mushrooms not a good one. They're like uh, they're like Pikmin. You know what they're they're, they're bulbous. Enemies. They're bulbous oval things with legs and slug eyes. Yeah. Shape of a brain. Yes. Yeah, they kind of look like a brain without the wrinkles. Yeah. Well, in particular, <laughs> there's one. Never thought I'd have to verbally describe a, a bulbar. Like in Pikmin two, there were a bunch of different like subspecies of that one. There mm-hmm. were some that had that were always on fire. They looked like they were melting. You can only kill with, like, fire Pikmin. Mm-hmm. And then there were also some that, like, that, I don't know, they were really huge and they could, like, eat a bunch of Pikmin with their tongue by slurping around. And they also had, like, uh... The tongue guy's back. No. The tongue guy's oh, back. Oh, no, no, that's, no, that's like that, the anteater one. Oh, you're right. Yeah, this right. one had, like, he looked like the, like, the male, like, the matriarch of one. I don't know, they were, they were huge. Yeah. And they yeah. And they lived underground. Like, when you walk near them, they would just, like, jump out. Right, but right. the one I'm referring to that it does appear in Pikmin 3 is one with, like, big lips. And those just roam around. Then they're never asleep. Mm-hmm. In Pikmin 2, they would usually throw, like, three or four of those big ones at you. And they would always roam around and usually kill you if you're right. not careful. But also, if you were to take them out, they never die. If you don't take them to your ship in time, they will come back to life. In Pikmin 2, in Pikmin 3, to my knowledge, there's only one mm-hmm. in, in single-player mode. Yeah, there's only one. And he just dies, like, when you kill him. So there's a lot of tweaking they did to like make yeah. it easier it almost feels like i mean obviously i didn't play as much so you guys can correct me on this if i sound totally off here but it almost feels like pikmin 3 is what pikmin 2 should have been and then pikmin 2 should have been pikmin 3 like it sounds like they made them out of order like pikmin 2 is <laughs> more like pikmin 1 with graphics but yeah but with better graphics and then pikmin 2 had the content additions you expect to be in pikmin 3. yeah because just in one period like, sense that flow because yeah, i mean like the pikmin 2 should be a sequel yeah because i feel like the maps like were roughly about the same size but in addition you still have the underground caves to explore and even yeah. though they give you unlimited time they were so like they were pretty multi-layered and you still yeah, have to go those really... caves were com- com- yeah. complicated and they were br- like filled with like enemies that could kill yeah. pretty fast so you really have to like plan out yeah. how you want to take them out you almost have to do it all stealthy like kill one enemy at a time hide right. Right, right, right. But Pikmin 3 was, I mean... A lot more straightforward than yeah, that. Yeah, it was super straightforward. Yeah, the other thing I really missed from Pikmin 2 was the Piklopedia. Like, that oh, thing, like, yeah. logged oh, every so single cool. enemy you encountered. It gave, like, Olimar's, like, little description of them because he's, like, exploring the planet. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, these explorers, like, didn't care too much to, like, log everything. Yeah. But, I mean, that was really nice. Just, like, looking back, like, oh, these are all the enemies I fought. It's funny because they, they have hints of that. Because they still have the mission log, which obviously is a Pikmin staple. Yeah. Then they have all the fruit descriptions, and they have a section for that on the gamepad. Like, why did they just... there's fruit, and then there's looking at enemies. Yeah. In 3D. Yeah. <laughs> I know, all you get is, like, little 2D drawings of the enemies, like, all oh, their weakness, but not even all of them. Yeah. And yeah, I... it seems odd that they, like went backwards and I mean and considering like oh like oh man this game has been so long in development we're probably gonna get all those old enemies plus new ones like I remember yeah. in Pikmin 2 we had like I mean in Pikmin 3 that giant snake the snake bird like, right I mean right. that enemy came out like a few like a few that times in Pikmin 2 all over the trailers yeah. yeah I remember you fought him a few times in Pikmin 2 but then later in the game you fought one that actually jumps out of the ground and chases you and it was like multicolored mm-hmm. and this one I mean that's you scary. just fight the snake bird and that's it right right like, yeah I think 
I don't know. I just I, kept thinking, like, oh, it's going to come later. Like, well, oh, like, and, later. Like, we're probably going to yeah. lock the whole the other side of the earth or something. But Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, maybe it's coming because Miyamoto actually did say that... Uh, Open to the phone. Yeah, he said, here. here's the wording. He was talking, this was when, before it came out in America, just when it came out in Japan, and he was saying that, so using the internet, the team thinks they'd like to add new missions and maps to the game little by little. So if that's not DLC, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> but so maybe... Maybe here, I think the major issue here is that Pikmin 3 was a launch title for Wii U. They were trying to get it out at launch for Wii U, and it got delayed. That's like Memorial insta- Syndrome, I guess. Yeah, and I guess instead of just being like, oh, well, it's delayed, let's really add a lot of content and just push the delay even more. They're just like, well, we'll treat it like it's a launch game, just release it after launch. Because as a launch <laughs> game, this has about the amount of content you'd expect. As a launch game, this has about the amount of variety. As a launch game, but as a Pikmin three game, right? But as a Pikmin three game, that's now six months, no, eight months after launch. Pikmin two set the bar. Because yeah. if you think about it, Pikmin one was a launch game. I explained it's not that really variety. Really short too. Yeah, but... Pikmin two was not a launch game. Pikmin three, if it was a launch game, it would at least kind of justify. Yeah. I wouldn't say it would make it right, but it would I'd still, justify. I still feel a little. I mean, disappointed, but I mean. Overall, I mean, I guess I'm happy with the game, but yeah. anyone that listens to the podcast, like, the part I was most excited about and, like, couldn't wait to oh, play Oh, yeah. It. We totally misled people by accident on this one, too. Oh, yeah. I yeah. misunderstood Bill Trennan on a Nintendo Direct. Uh, co-op is not in story mode. Co-op is in mission mode. And mission mode, as you were about to say. Yeah, which I was still fine with, because that's the feature I was most excited for. That's, like, all I really cared about when going into Pikmin 3, like, just the mission mode. Yep. But it's only five missions. And well, like, wait, wait, wait. I thought it was... No, it's only five. It's only five. But the venue you showed me... That's what? different. That's bingo battle. Or what do you No, I, Oh, you're right. It's only five. I thought it was five categories. No, there's, five there's three categories of missions. Okay, fine. There's 15 missions in total. Okay, that's five. triple five. <laughs> I'm just no, no, I know, I know. But like, there's there's five missions where you're actually doing Pikmin-esque activities where you're like, okay, you're coordinating oh, with your teammate to get through, to kill all... You have to kill all the enemies... And get all the fruit. And we platinum them, which is like the highest rank. Yeah. We planted them in like one setting. Mm. Sitting. Yeah, one sitting. Plus, and then, okay, so I'm like, all right, is that it? Are we going to unlock anymore? Like, and then, and then well, the, there's where the DLC And, and then the next, the next batch of missions where there were five of them was just kill all the enemies. And we also did that in one sitting. We platinum them and that was it. I got platinumed them is a term. <laughs> well, because I mean like, yeah, usually it would take... We had to plan on them to make them last longer, because yeah, I mean, yeah, we would yeah. otherwise just beat them really fast. Yeah, it seems like the game really is just and suffering then, from yeah. launch tiles. And then the last batch is just <laughs> boss battles, like just five bosses. Right. Well, six right. bosses. Like a boss attack. Now, at least those have a bit longer. I mean, you already platinum, now I'm saying it, you already got platinum on them. But the upside, I guess, is that Pikmin 3 does have online leaderboards, so you could... If you're into high scores, or, you, know, you could keep going back and trying to become number one. In the nah, world. After planning them, like, it's like what's the point? I don't really yeah. care to go back. Like, I mean, we did it as best as you can. We lost no Pikmin. Right. We got it in the fastest time we think we could possibly get it. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what made it really fun while we were playing it. Like, okay, like we had perfect strategies like for every single one. Like right away, like we would throw a captain over there, and I would go this way, and then I was right. to control this one. And, right. And it was really cool. And we it definitely left us wanting like way more. Yeah. And the final mode, of course, is Bingo Battle, which is the competitive multiplayer that replaces... It's kind of like a spin on Pikmin 2. Like, I really heavily Pikmin played... Pikmin 2 was pretty basic. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's a spin yeah. on it. Like, with Pikmin 2, how it worked, and I played this it was super only heavily. Marbles, right, if I'm not yeah. mistaken? So I played, I played this super heavily back when I was in high school, and basically how it worked is you each had to collect three marbles. 
you usually have to fight over the marbles one way or another. And whoever got three marbles first won. And there were occasional items you could get to screw up your opponent. This one is now uh, in Bingo Battle. It's not just marbles. It's a whole assortment of things. You have a bingo card for yourself, and your opponent has a bingo card, and you're trying to get a you know four in a row, zig, you know uh, diagonal, straight, whatever. So it's enemies, it's fruit, it's marbles, it's all sorts of stuff. And the cherries that give you items are back, and some of the marbles will give you items. Some some of them will give you uh, like a random spot on your bingo board, and you can not only just like in Pikmin two, you can either choose to go after the marbles or go after your opponent, and then get the marbles that way. Or get the stuff that way, because if you go after your opponent, you can either steal it from them before they get to or the onion, just or you can just bu- kill your yeah, opponent. Make a bunch of big men just rush your opponent. Yeah, that's a, that's that was something I didn't expect. It's the you guys most humiliating way to your opponent. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, there's also uh, they have a capture flag element that's optional called victory macaroons, where you can have a macaroon with a giant flag at your base and your friend's base, and you can try and steal that while also having some of your pick. Pick and go and get some items while also killing your opponent. Like, it's it's a lot more to it now. There's three different ways to win in one battle. There's three different ways to win in one battle. It also supports up to four players. You can have two teams of two, which is not... Which obviously wasn't the case in Pikmin 2. So, with Bingo Battle, you can actually... You can actually... Yeah. But it explains why they have so many different ways you can win. Because you can have one captain collecting stuff on the bingo card. One captain stopping another guy from collecting stuff on his bingo card. Or just killing him. Or going to steal his victory macaroon. Like, it's a lot going on at once. From what I've played it so far, it's really fun. And I like yeah. how some of like, the big stages, like, they get, they got as creative with the stages as they did in Pikmin 2. Actually, a lot of them look, remin- look like they were like, yeah. hey, remember this in Pikmin 2? Here yeah, like, yeah, the toy box level, that was also in Pikmin yep. 2. The, and the, 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 the rusty, sewer... the, yeah, and the rusty uh, sandbox looking yeah. sewer thing, yeah. It almost made me go like, oh, all the assets are already there, just in make them co-op stages also. Yeah. But I mean, for a, a co-op level, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to do there, so it's really cool that they actually put that much effort in there. I yeah. wish they had put more effort into. I mean, I guess in yep. their defense, they had 12 stages in, in Bingo, Bingo Battle, Battle and they had 15 stages in Co-op. So they're about equal. But they had like 30 stages in... <laughs> Once again, launch tile syndrome. And just, and just the Co-op. Mm-hmm. And just the Co-op. Like, I mean, they also had their own battle in yeah. addition to that, so... Yeah. No, I think I really like Bingo Battle. Like, it seems like a natural progression of Pikmin 2's multiplayer and just... But just the battle just part adds... of it, because I feel like there's t- two whole different sides to the multiplayer. Well, yeah, I, I said Bingo I mean, Bow. Oh, you said multiplayer. Battle. Sorry. Oh, no, 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 I like Bingo Bow because it... At, right. Gotcha. I like Bingo Bow because it, the progression it of proves the... on Pikmin yeah. 2's head-to-head multiplayer. Yeah. There. <laughs> but yeah, it's just because that was really fun. Like, it's just the next logical step. They just added stuff that makes sense to add and made it more frantic and added more items, and it's, it's super fun. And of course, it... It's probably the one mode that doesn't suffer from launch syndrome. Like, it feels fully fleshed out. Like, I don't oh, no, know yeah, what okay. else they would add. Bingo battle? Yeah, bingo battle. Like, I mean, I guess oh, they could yeah, do more I mean, stages, but 12 stages is... That's already more and than... And for, for a competitive thing, like, I could see myself playing that for a while. Yeah. But you need the right people, too. You need the right people. You need people that are into the idea of it. Yeah, it's it's definitely a little more, like, it's not as, like, general, say, let's play Mario Kart. Like, there's definitely a little more, like, you need to be into that. But it, it is fun. I think overall, that's the thing. Pikmin 3 is fun. Very, very fun. But, and I'm kind of speaking on your behalf, so correct me if I'm wrong here. <laughs> there just isn't enough of it. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, everything. I'm not rejecting the idea of DLC. Right. I don't think any of us are. <laughs> yeah. No, the thing is, I haven't beaten Pikmin not 3. Not enough of it. So. Not difficult enough. I also wouldn't reject the idea of DLC for the story. Because the story... I'd be okay with that. ...left some questions. Yeah, like, there, there were, like, I mean, I'm not going to explain it, but there were some, like, questions that even the captains asked. 
that didn't get answered. Like, they even said, like, oh, after this happens, I'm sure we'll figure this out. And they never acknowledge it after. That's weird. That's yeah, weird. That's weird really stuff. weird. And, and then, like, there's other things. Like, I mean, as you're playing the game, you'll find, like, secret files. And I'm sure, like, okay, okay maybe this will answer, like, all those hidden questions. Even the epilogue kind of implies, like, something... But none of them get acknowledged, and he already had a They must be so. planning a second campaign DLC or something. Yeah. It's the only ex- explanation. But in the meantime, with what we have now, would you recommend, for game-starved Wii U owners, would you recommend oh, picking up yeah. Pikmin 3? Yeah, just because there's Even with it, well, even it's with It's going to be fault. someone's first Pikmin, so... Right. As, as a first Pikmin game, it's really good. I would definitely recommend... You just got spoiled by Pikmin 2. Yeah, if anything, I would recommend like someone playing this first and then playing the the Wii Play Control or the Nintendo Control. New Play Control. Yeah, the Pikmin. New Play Control Pikmin oh, yeah. Two. That one never came stateside though. Didn't it? Nope. No, it did. Pikmin One did. Pikmin Two did not. Pikmin two oh, did. Pikmin did Two it? definitely it. did. It took them like two years to do it. Yeah, it, it came out semi recently. Right, right. It was like at the yeah, because someone I know is playing it right now and they're right, right, right. import games. So. I forgot. I forgot that they they waited two years for some. I was reason. almost tempted. It was out in Europe and Japan like immediately, and then it took forever again. I'm it. almost tempted to like get it again just like to play it. But don't you have <laughs> Pikmin Two literally sitting on the shelf behind me Game as we Cube. record this? Yeah, but it's for GameCube. Yeah, sure. You have to get our Wii, Wii right? Yeah. yeah, you need the Wii controls. And then, and then, yeah, then the Wii controls would be kind of better. But then the yeah. whole moving them around, right? But yeah, I uh, just to like cap off Pikmin Three here. I agree that uh, I mean I'm not done with it yet, so I can't really comment on length. But I'm really enjoying my time with it so far. Like I, I it's a if you need a Wii U game. This is a good one to get. This is the only one to get. <laughs> There's no others to choose from. No, but it, it's a really good game. It, uh, based on my initial impressions, initial initial impressions, I'm very happy with it. But I'm sure as I play through the game, I'll start to see the same issues that you guys have. But Maybe. regardless, regardless, <laughs> it's worth a pickup. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yes, I would no. not recommend it. Okay. So I guess I would recommend it. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, I would recommend it. Well, if you haven't played Pikmin 2. <laughs> right, I mean, right. All right. So Even right. if you've played Pikmin 2, just because you would still want to play more Pikmin. Yeah. I mean, it satisfied me for a bit, but then it just ended. and then You waited nine years to be left with an unsatisfactory... Well, I mean, until they announced it. <laughs> until they announced, like... Well, they announced from... it, like, five years ago. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. For five years, I was like, like, oh, my God. like Everything from Pikmin 2 just better or and more. And then it ended up reversing like, course. Like, yeah. all the enemies in With HD. all the hype Nintendo gave it, you would expect... More, I guess. Yeah, well, but... hey, the hype Nintendo gave it was from a marketing side, so... I mean, honestly, in early development, Miyamoto was saying it's like a side project, it's just a few people working on it. Like, they were purpose... They weren't... I guess it really shows that. <laughs> yeah, it, it really shows that it was a game that was started on Wii, got moved to Wii U, was gonna be a launch title, and then didn't launch yeah, until cause, I mean, ten months later. If they had included, like, the purple and white Pikmin, they would have... They would have had way more puzzle opportunities yeah. too, because they also have poison right, to work with. Right, because and... rock and fairy are in single player, or rock and wing, not fairy. Rock and wing <laughs> are in yeah, are in single player, and purple and white are in multiplayer, both co-op and uh, no, yeah. just co-op. Yeah. Rock and wing are in single player, and bingo battle and co-op has purple and white, and for some reason yeah. they're completely they isolated have... to those. Yeah. Yeah, and their, I mean, their specialties come into strategy because I mean, purple can carry. 10 times the amount of a normal right. Pikmin and way 10 times slower, yeah so. but hey at least Pikmin's back it's better than no yeah. Pikmin at all I mean yeah, yeah I guess yeah. <laughs> so, if, if they were to delay to add more stuff I yeah, would, I, I well, would not uh, no one would complain <laughs> yeah but I'm I mean I'm like I said I'm enjoying it it's fun while it lasts it's the thing I'm yeah. getting out of this, so. <laughs> which won't last <laughs> it's fun while it lasts. well for me it'll last a while because I go through my games very slow but for you guys yeah 
But going from one total... No, no, didn't it come out last week and we're done with it? I finished it. Yeah, it came out on, it came out on August 4th. This episode goes up on August 11th. Yeah. Or not August 11th. Yes, August 11th. Today is August 11th. Yeah, it's... it. It's been a week. I thought it was going to last me a few months, honestly. Yeah, but... well... But going... Well, you know one game that will last you a while that you start playing? And this is a good segue into the second game we're talking about. Uh, this was all, this is all you, Jose. You're the only one that's played it out of the group of us. Mm. Uh, Earthbound. You played on, it? Yeah, he played five minutes of it. I watched. <laughs> he entered his name and walked around his house and then went into town. And it's like, oh, okay. And he fought two enemies. He fought, he fought two enemies. Coiled snakes. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, Earthbound on Wii U Virtual Console. Jose, you played a good chunk of it, from my understanding. Uh, take a few hours share, into it. Share your, share your impressions. It's hard. <laughs> it's like, I did not expect this game to be as difficult as it is. Which is good, because I love a difficult game. Right. But basically, you know, it's making up for the easiness of Pikmin, right? Yeah, it's good. Nintendo's <laughs> trying to balance you out. Man, yeah, I, I, completely I, different I, yeah, too. I know, this, this game is unforgiving. Like, you have to figure out a lot on your own. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, it's also the first RPG I ever played where you play from that first-person perspective, kind of like Dragon Quest, I think. Right, where when you go into battle, you don't see yourself. You just see the three enemies and everything four enemies is, lined yeah, up. And, and all the actions are all text, essentially. Like, yep. there's no animations, it's just... Um, you swung your, you slammed them. They got hit. All oh, your partner, I don't know, scolded you. It's like Etrian Odyssey without the fancy animations. Etrian Odyssey plays out first person. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one where you can make your own map, right? Yep. It leaves it all to the imagination. It does. Which is which is kind of cool. I mean, like the picture. Well, at least at least Earthbound's humor balances out the lack yeah, of yeah. So animation, so I mean, right? Yeah. So you 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 start the game by naming everybody and. I don't know, the controls are, I mean, since you're playing, well, I mean, I play on the gamepad, so you have your, you have your button that brings up your menu, but then in that same menu, you could interact with objects through that menu, or you could just press the shoulder button to interact with them directly, skipping right. that whole menu. Right. And saving is kind of weird, like, you talk to, you have to go to a phone to save, but when you save, your dad deposits money to you. And, I th- and from what I can tell, that's the only way you receive money in the game, and you definitely need so the money. So reward for saving? Yeah, and I think, um... <laughs> okay. <laughs> and for the few times I've, I've tried, like, experimenting a little, like, if I save constantly, they only, my dad only gives me, like, a few bucks. But it, I once waited, like, maybe half an hour between saves, and he gave me, like, $300. That's super weird. Well, the game... He's a very whole, generous father. He is. The whole game is quirky, right? So I guess that just kind of factors into its quirk factor. Like... Yeah, it's it's pretty odd. It's, it has that weird humor... I don't even know how to describe it. Like, you're fighting random animals. Like, first you fight just animals. You fight runaway dogs, as they're called, and you beat them with your baseball bat. And then you because go... Because that's what you do when you find a runaway dog. You don't <laughs> take it to a pound or someone that can help it. You beat it with a baseball bat. I uh, could have had a collar on. I didn't even try. <laughs> well, you're a dog murderer. Congrats. And then you fight some birds with sunglasses, and I think they're called, like, snarky crows. or They have some <laughs> weird name like that. Yeah, and one of their attacks is laughing at you or something, and then that like lowers <laughs> that lowers one of your style. Self esteem. <laughs> <laughs> but then um um, the game like it's definitely one of those games where you, it's fun to talk to everybody, and you definitely do want to talk to everybody, yeah. and like they have a library and the, and the library teaches you all these different moves. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I guess a lot of it like there's definitely no hand holding. Like a lot of the enemies you encounter take away almost as much health. Like first they, I mean the animals you find in the beginning don't. It takes them a while to kill you. Right. But as soon as you go into the city, um, you find police guarding the exit. So you're like, okay, I guess I have to find some way around that. And you find out you have to defeat this gang. And the gang members, they could kill you in like two or three hits. Mm. So it took me a while to, I don't know, like kill two or three of them. And then you fight their leader, which has an attack that could kill you in almost one hit. 
that's, that's a they really throw you in. I guess it's just a relic of its era. Yeah, that's the time when games are just harder. By yeah, and, and these old games are hard. Yeah, I mean, it's from nineteen ninety three. And then just walking around, I mean, I'm assuming like okay, maybe someone in this village, like any other RPG, like oh, if you find this item, this will be good against this guy or something like that. Or you're supposed to do this first. Yeah. But like no, you're just supposed to fight him out like that. Right. Right. So then I kind of level grinded a little, and then I even went to the store and bought some armor and a new bat and everything, and, it's, <laughs> and it was still really hard. And then when you beat him, I'm like barely alive, and then you have to fight this robot immediately after him. And I mean, and I don't give you any health in between. No, it's, a, it's like back to back. And then you right. fight him, like, okay, well, that was tough. And then you level up a little bit, and then you go into this cave, and then you fight these animals that exformed you like crazy, and they do a ton of damage. So, I mean, it's fun, but it's really hard. I mean, it's. Hard. it's I guess the main, to me, the main thing about Earthbound, I never actually played it. I have it on my Wii U, download. I just haven't had a chance to turn it on, but, like, to turn on the game. But it's sitting there, waiting, looking at me, going, please, sir, <laughs> just five minutes of your time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, the thing with Earthbound to me always has been the, the hook of it's the humor. And you kind of touched on it being quirky, but is it funny? Is it, like, a legitimately funny game? Is it, like, one of those so weird, it's funny type of things? It's trippy and funny. It's Some trippy. of the dialogue is funny. Like, the dog, like, he's a, he's a scaredy cat dog. He knows he's useless. He doesn't <laughs> want to do anything. Uh-huh. And it's on parentheses, so I guess you're reading his mind. You're reading his barks. <laughs> yeah. While he's barking, it's, you're reading the translation, probably. And then just, like, I mean, you're a kid taking down this gang that was supposed to be the police's job, and the mayor, and the police guy goes, like, oh, man, thanks for doing this. I didn't really want to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty fun. And then, like, the animals, like, they're, the music, when you're battling, like, you get, like, this creepy lava lamp effect in the background, and then mm-hmm. the music sounds like, I don't know, something someone came up with, like, just pressing random buttons on a, on a synthesizer or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's, so it's definitely out there. Yeah, it, it's out there. I mean, and just the idea that you're this kid that got chosen by this bee to go save the world. Like, a little bee just tells you, like, oh, you are the chosen one. Like, it's up to you. And then he gets squashed by some lady in the beginning. You know what's funny is that sort of plot line of, like, you're the chosen one has become such an RPG cliche that this almost sounds like a parody of it, but it <laughs> happened before the cliche happened. So it's like a pre... It's a hipster it's a hip, it, it's Yeah, it's like a pre-parody. Yeah, I don't know, just... I guess it's funny. Well, that it's way there's weird, a ness in Smash Brothers. The oh. costume. Oh. <laughs> in, in honor of that B. That know. makes sense. <laughs> Did you try the uh, player's guide at all on the gamepad? Really slow. Is it? Yeah. Is it like really like image heavy or something? Yeah, because I mean, it really is the player's guide. Oh, it's just scans? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. I mean, I mean, it's like... I thought a, they like redid it. Well, I mean, like, I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, there's scans, but I mean, they have like buttons specifically made for like oh, the gamepad, so you're, right. you're still tapping and still loading, but... I don't know. I don't know if I'm not using it right. I tried doing it all with the stylus. Yeah. Maybe I should have used the, the analog sticks. Maybe like how the web browser you zoom out with one, you zoom in with the other. Well, it is the web browser. No, oh, yeah, but that's right. I mean. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, I tried saying. scrolling. I don't know. It, it was all right. I mean, I did. <laughs> it's cool that it's included. I wanted to figure yeah. out most of the game on my own. I don't really yeah. like using well, here's strategy guys too Here's the much. thing, though. The strategy guide came bundled with the game originally. Because the game was notoriously hard back in the day, even by those standards. I know, they don't so tell you to go So, you shouldn't to... feel bad about using the strategy guide if it came with the game. No, they didn't tell me to fight the game. Like, you have to figure a lot of this stuff out on your own. Like, mm-hmm. right in the very beginning, they tell you, like, these police guys tell you, like, oh, take care of this kid, he's annoying us. And then you talk to the kid, and he won't leave, no matter what you do. Uh-huh. And okay, eventually he will change the dialogue, but if you still keep talking to the policeman, he'll keep telling you to get rid of the kid. But the whole time you're supposed to have gone back to your house and fall asleep. So, How would you know that, though? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the kid told you, like, oh, you just go back home. But, I mean, since the cops are telling you to get rid of him, yeah. maybe, like, oh, he's just telling me to go home. I'm supposed to keep bugging him or something. <laughs> I think that, uh, 
Mm. Wait a minute. He told you to go home, and you're like, no, he's lying, so you didn't go home. Well, the little kid that you're supposed to go home. Well, because well, all the cops are telling me to get rid of that kid. Right, right, fair enough. And obviously, like, oh, I know. I mean, from Smash Brothers, I know that kid is like the villain. At some point, right, right. So I know, right. like, okay, he's, it's obviously just the dialogue. It's being funny. Yeah, I think, I think what your impressions have taught me is that when I play it, when I finally say, okay, you're found, <laughs> I'll give you some time. I'm gonna use the player's guide. It's not what it seems. In a good way or a bad? No, way? I guess in a good way. You have to. I just really explore and really talk to everybody, mm-hmm. and definitely save that money. So it's like an RPG with a full-on adventure aspect, like adventure game aspect. Yeah, sprites are pretty cool too. It is cool that it's set in, like, a more modern era. It's not, like, medieval. I know, the music's really funky. Like, when you get into the town, it's kind of... I don't know, the music is obviously funny. the music inside the house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, I don't know. I I would recommend it. I mean, it's... It is priced a little higher than most uh, virtual consoles. But, I mean, I've never played it, and I've only heard good things about it. And I've definitely been wanting to play a longer game, especially after Pikmin 3, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, you're bitter about Pikmin. (laughs) So you'd recommend Earthbound. Just a little bit. But, yeah, I would recommend Earthbound. I definitely need to start playing it at some point. Like, it's one... I downloaded it, like... It came out... Well, it was it came out when we were at, That's another RPG. It came out when we were at Comic-Con. And then, so I downloaded it right after Comic-Con, but then I was doing with all the post-Comic-Con stuff, and then the other sites... So, yeah, it's just it's, like... It's and hard. then Pikmin came out, and I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> I'll um, play it. Might be hard with Mario Luigi. Yeah, that kind of, that's if, out now. One thing I know, it's always hard to balance two RPGs at the same time. Oh, I'm balancing, like, 50, because I don't beat anything Because <laughs> there's always stuff you have to remember, and yeah. if you're not careful, you're not going to remember what you were doing. It's true. It's totally true. That's true for any game that's not, like, a pick-up-and-play game. Like, even Zelda games, to some extent, suffer. I wonder if anyone's going to stuck in a Mario game, like a 2D side-scrolling Mario game. I don't think so. Uh, a glitch, <laughs> maybe, but who knows. But that pretty much, uh, with that, that pretty much wraps up uh, news, or, or what we've been playing, and we covered news earlier, but the one last thing we got to do before we go is that Pikmin 3 shirt giveaway. So thank you to all of you who entered. As promised, we are giving away a special Comic-Con edition, exclusive to Comic-Con, Pikmin 3 shirt that it says Comic-Con right on the sleeve. It's Pikmin on the front, logo on the back. It's a pretty cool shirt. And we got some good entries. Um, it's great to see that so many people are into, are excited about so many different games. Like, we basically asked, what's your favorite Wii or 3DS game? And we got... Even Angry Birds. Yeah, we got Angry Birds. We got uh, Wind Waker. Angry Birds is amazing, by the way. We got Wind Waker HD. We got Sonic Lost World. We got Link Between Worlds. We got the whole Platinum Double Whammy of Wonderful One One and uh, Bayonetta. Like, there's a lot of variety. Someone said um, Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut, which I thought was actually kind of interesting. Like, there's a lot of... No, not interesting in a bad way, just interesting... Like, how can anyone be looking forward to that game? No, 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 I didn't mean interesting like that. I meant interesting that, like, that actually is topping a list in the sense that That's there true. are Wii U owners who are going to pick it up because basically Square Enix lost faith in it and delayed it yeah. to make it multi-platform. But I wonder how many people, such as this listener, no, no, no. are actually excited about the game and would have bought it. You the name it, of the listener? No, off the top of my head. I mean, especially the I people that are in up, your but... situation of only having a Wii U. Right, like, if he's like me, like, I'm interested in it probably for the same reason he is. So I wasn't at all a diss. I actually, I thought it was interesting in terms of, like, hey, here's a game that not that many people are excited about, but there are still people excited about it, and that's, you know, Square Enix should take note of that and release it when they promise. That's what that was about. But yeah, there's a whole, whole slew of games, but of course we can only pick one to be a winner. So I randomly picked a name. Thank you for your drum roll. And congratulations to... Hunter S, who actually chose, if I remember correctly, he actually chose Pikmin 3 as his most anticipated game. This was before Pikmin 3 came out. So it's rather fitting. How convenient. It's rather fitting that he won a Pikmin 3 shirt. So congrats, Hunter. We are going to send you an email 
probably you'll probably get it by the time you listen to this. That will include um, information on how to claim your prize. And thanks again to all of you who entered. We're gonna have more contests like this in the future, hopefully. So. Next Comic Con. Yeah, nah. Well, we do it every Comic Con, but we do other stuff in between. So definitely keep an eye on the site for that. And uh, speaking of doing stuff in the future, it's important to know our past, which is that, and what well, it means going mm-hmm. forward, and that's that we have done 50 episodes, 5-0. We, oh. we said it's all show. That's a big deal. Like, that, thank you to all you who listen. You know, obviously, um, we appreciate the fact that you care enough to hear what we have to say about Nintendo News and uh, games and our thoughts and opinions and everything. It's really, you know, it's really great that we've been able to do this show for this long and actually have a good yeah. number of listeners. We started like out as just something else to do when we hang out. Yeah, turn into like a legitimate thing where we have articles and everything. And yeah, we've like really since since our one year anniversary last November we've really stepped up how many extra articles we do and we've gotten good response to that. So yes, thank you for letting us get to fifty and we're gonna continue making these episodes and we hope you stay on board with us for all that. And we're obviously gonna integrate some of your games uh most anticipated games into those episodes, make sure we give you the coverage you want to hear. So the best way to make sure you don't miss anything going forward, be it episodes or extras, follow us on Twitter at Round Nintendo. You can follow us individually. You can follow us individually as well. I'm JSR7. Jose is at Wero, which is or Wero, which is W E I R O underscore O. I always spell it out. I don't know why. Tradition. It is tradition. But uh, also be sure to check the site currently for the Pokemon Pikachu article I mentioned earlier. The extra looking at the the, uh, the little virtual pet and what it led to in the Pokemon franchise. Yeah. Also, keep an eye on the site next weekend. The Wii U tour is coming to town. Wii U tour is taking over the Hollywood, Hollywood and Highland Complex here in LA, and we're gonna go check it out, take some photos, tell you what's there. So keep an eye out for that extra in about a week. Uh, in the you know in the gap between our episodes, and we'll be back on August twenty fifth with a net with our next episode with full impressions of the just released Mario Luigi Dream Team. A look at the uh, our impression or Jose's impressions of the three DSs. Attack of the Friday Monsters, which should be very interesting. It sounds like quite the quirky, unique eShop game. And, of course, all whatever crazy news happens between now and then. So thanks again for listening to these past 50 episodes. We hope you stay on for 50 more, 100 more, 1,000 more. I don't know who's going to be alive 1,000 more from now, but that's not my concern. But, yeah, thank you again, and we will see you on August 25th with all sorts of new, new news and games.